welcome, welcome, welcome to Source of the Force live on Buddha Palm TV. Yes, yes, y'all. All right, so today we got my man Godfrey Fletcher. Yes, 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 people. All right, we got people joining on YouTube and Twitch. Lovely, 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 lovely. All right, so today, welcome, welcome, welcome back. It's been a while, man. It's been a while since, it's been two weeks since I've been back on this thing. So apologies for missing out the last two weeks. Um, but today we've got a great guest um, for your listening and viewing pleasure. We have a good friend of mine, of a guy I haven't seen for ages, to be fair, you know. Um, DJ, music promoter, avid neo-soul neo advocate. And um, he's going to tell you his story about his, his battle with prostate cancer, which I know is something that's close and dear to his heart and something, something that he champions ongoing since the, all them things happened to him. So we're going to have a good conversation today about a lot of things, going to have a lot of fun and talk a lot of realness. So I'm looking for, I've been looking forward to this all week. So let me introduce to you Godfrey Fletcher. Yes, Hello. sir. Hello, yes, sir. sir. How are you doing, bro? You good? I'm fine, you know. <laughs> Long time. What, what are you saying, man? How you doing? How you keeping? I'm cool, man. I'm cool. I'm, you know, everything nice and easy, man. Nice and easy. Respect. Respect. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, as you know, man, the format of this show is that I'll get people on and mm. we talk about what their sources of influence were with them regarding growing up when they... With regard to film, with regard to music, with regard to people, places, all that good stuff. The kind of things that th they were introduced to from a young age that helped shape them and form them to who they are now. Do you know what I mean? I have great people on that do great things, man. You've got a great story to tell and share with the people then. So a um, little bit of a backstory is like, like I said, I haven't seen you for ages, man. So it was great to sort of reconnect back on here. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like, um, I saw a post that you put up on, on um, Facebook um, regarding that's what we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But it was just that it was something that was close to my heart as well. So it was something that, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll talk about that, mummy. I mean, I'm jumping the gun here. Yeah, I jumped the gun, start. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will cross that bridge. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So as I was saying, what we do, we look at influences regarding music, film, places, people, um, things that shaped you growing up. So let's start off at the beginning, man. You know what I mean? What, where did you grow up? You grew up in Wolverhampton, is that correct? No, I come from Bilston. Oh, Bilston, all right. Yeah. A little town called Bilston. Bilston, Bilston-on-Sea. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, um, with Bilston, it was kind of like, Wolverhampton was uh, where all my cousins were and all them. Bilston was like, it was small and it was like really intimate. Like, you know, like I lived in a, like a, it was Hadley Road. I don't know if you remember Bilston College. Yeah, yeah. So it was the back of Bilston College. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Because back in the day, my dad used to 
draw the curtain and say, see the college over there? <laughs> so so I always have to look at the college. So right. as soon as I open my curtain, the college was there. Mm. So it was kind of like right at the back of the college. Yeah. Um, so my area was more kind of like, well, first of all, I never come out my area. <laughs> so what, what was that what's that area I know it's Bilston but is it like yeah. a, a suburb of Bilston is Bilston classed as a town you know what I mean I'm classed it as a town it's classed as Wolverhampton yeah it's, it's got Wolverhampton like, postcode hasn't it but, yeah yeah but it wasn't Wolverhampton yeah, 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 Wolver yeah, yeah. Wolverhampton to me was a day out you know what I mean? <laughs> wow <laughs> so it was it was kind of like you just hear about Wolverhampton I said the nearest I got to Wolverhampton is going at church wow I was at Seven Day Adventist Church, so and that was on the outskirts of Wolverhampton. So the nearest I got to Wolverhampton was church. Right. <laughs> which oh. which church was it? Which church you're talking? Seven Day Adventist. Um, that was uh, Oxford Street. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. at that time it was by um, oh, where was it? You know, the Royal Hospital. Yes. 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 And yes. Around the corner from um, you know where them. I think the prostitutes hanged hang, hang out. Yeah, allegedly. Well, that's what we hear. Yeah, no, no, no. I used to go, you could see it on the night times and yeah, all that. It, it was on the corner. It's just on yeah. the corner. What's that area called now? What's that area called? Is it um... uh, Red Lion Street or something? No, it wasn't Red, Red Lion Street. Yeah, I can't remember what that. I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly. Yeah, it was what just you on mean. the corner. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. right across the, from there, you know what I mean? So yeah. it, that was the area. Yeah. So, um, Bilston was like, um, like I didn't live in the actual town, so Bilston was a bit further down. Mm. I lived like, uh, do you know where, like to say where the college was, if you know where the college was, it's by the college. Mm. So, yeah, man. So yeah, man. growing up was, if your mom and dad turn your head left or right and you're not there, you're in trouble. Right. Was it one of those ones where it's like, don't go any further than that lamppost over this one? Is it lamppost? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was like straight road. Like, <sighs> look out the window. If you turn left, turn left, and you, they can't see you. That was it. So all we could do at the time was just, but it was, I can say that it was. Hello, we got a raid. We got a raid. Leone Dion, welcome, welcome, welcome. Big up One Nation. Welcome, man. Coming in, man. Take off your shoes. Make yourself at home. <laughs> we just literally just started chatting to my man Godfrey. This is Godfrey Fletcher. Good All bread right. with mine. You know what yeah. I mean? Man, I haven't seen for ages, but you know what I mean? He's got a great story to tell. So pull up a seat, get a cup of tea, and you know, <laughs> just right. chill, man. You know what I mean? Everybody say hello to, say hello to Godfrey, man. Make him, make him at home. Big up the Diva Speaks. The Diva Speaks All checking right. in from Toronto. T. All right, man. Yeah, man. Say hello, hello. Yeah, welcome, welcome. We got one nation. Nice, nice, nice. In place, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, what are you saying, Godfrey? Yeah. So, Bilston. So, growing up in Bilston, where my area was, it was more like um, you didn't see no outside influence. So, basically, like my area was like we all got on. Like all the children were the same. We were all mm -hmm. from different nationalities, but we wasn't. We didn't argue, nothing like that. We all had the... Basically, I lived next door to 
a, a, a woman who was married, white woman married to a, a Fijian. What? But they look Asian. Fijian. Yeah, Fijian. Then I lived next door to some Jamaicans, and, and the next to us was Irish family. Yeah. Next to that was the Indian, but there was Kenyan They're from Kenya. Across yeah. the road was a Jamaican. Across the, the road was a uh, from Pakistani. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, and across, the, and then there was a white family across the road. But the thing about it, we all played together, and in them days, it was like they didn't just say call their child in. They called, told everybody to go in. So mm. it was like Godfrey, Mark, everybody, Julie, everybody get in. We all mm. so they had all the parents had the right. Mm. They tell us to go in, you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. So for me, growing up, I had to make kind of like the time. My time was precious to me. So if I was loud out for loud, <laughs> I'd have to work. <laughs> so it was stri- home was strict. You're saying yeah. proper strict. It was, strict yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was just like that's the way it is to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Look, no, there's no difference. You didn't know any different. Yeah. No different. Mm. So when it was, if I was let out for like an hour, it was like I made the most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? So I've always had that into me. So I've always had like, I have to make the most of my time. So yeah. that's what I was all. That's what made me as a child growing up. I had to take advantage of my time because mm. I didn't get much of it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of like a, tre- a tragedy, you know what I mean? Appreciated yeah. it as yeah. a little child, but I didn't realize it. But looking back, it was a, a tragedy, if you know what I mean. You know what? That's unusual, you know, because kids don't tend to do that. You know what I mean? You, when you get older, you realise time is precious, but you think time's infinite. When uh, most kids, they think time's infinite. You know, like if you, I've got two daughters. If you say, okay, can you? We're going to do this now, and the time them take for get ready, it's it's a long thing. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, for you to have that kind of understanding, what what sort of age you're talking now when you was out playing on the streets of Bilston? Well, I'll say around. I was about six, something like that. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. Because That's what it was, it was a bit, my bedroom was small. And the thing about my bedroom was, it was a trunk and my bed. A trunk. <laughs> <laughs> a trunk. <laughs> I don't why, why did, why did, why did black parents have a trunk? Well, it's full of uh, bed clothes. Why? Yeah. <laughs> it was just a trunk. So I opened the door. I knew, it felt like, <laughs> if you think about it, it wasn't, there was nothing to do in my bedroom. Yeah. So I opened the door, the trunk's in front of me. Yeah. And I just just about getting your bed, that's it, man. You know what I mean? There's not extra no furniture, nothing, nothing in my room. About <laughs> TV. So when my dad used it, and my mom and dad used to say, go, go, go in your room. I didn't want to go in my room because <laughs> <laughs> I just go to bed, you know what I mean? That's a prison <laughs> sentence, man. That's a sentence, isn't it? Yeah, so... So, like I said, it was like um, when they allowed me to go out, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. If you understand? Yeah. Yeah. Appreciated it, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's where it's, it's, it's kind of like, that's where it started. Yeah. 
Let me oh. just give a couple of people shout out, man. Um, okay. A couple of people joined us, man. Natasha0702, big up, sis. Grant Body P, you know, the building. Yes, sir. Big up, sir. It says, salute Godfrey, peace and blessings. Yeah. Just Maz, you're getting, you're getting hollered all over the gaff, man. London in the house. Just Maz, big up, sis. And Buddha Palm, thank you very much. I thought I got left out then, you know, I was going to get vexed. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good take off buttons. Yo. The Diva. Yeah. T Duct. Big up the Diva. Big up sis. Ah. Leonie Dion. Welcome, welcome. Big up, yo. Yeah, it's nice, man. Nice, 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 nice seeing people in the place. Lovely. So when so what was your first kind of recollection of music in the house? Was it was it like a musical household? You said like you, you was brought up in like church and stuff. Was it a lot of gospel music or church music or any kind of the kind of music I can remember? Oh, me here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I'm laughing. You haven't told me it, you know, but I can just imagine. All I knew was, you know what I heard. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't hear music. I didn't really hear music. I just heard, it didn't sound like music to me. It was just... Hold on, hold on. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me just, let me just, uh, let me just. Are we talking about this, brother? Yeah, yeah, my Jim Reeves, man. <laughs> what, what? I was under the same thing. What was it about this dude? I don't understand. Talk to me, man. What's your experience of this guy? Hearing this guy, was there a certain day that your well, family would play this? My dad would play every Saturday because that's the on from Friday night because there was seven day events. Um, from seven o'clock, I mean, like say when the sun goes down, right? Jim Reeves on. <laughs> <What is it? laughs> right, right till he go to bed. Then Jim Reeves is oh on in the morning. Days. Jim Reeves was on in the afternoon. Mate. Jim Reeves is, before you go to bed. Jim Reeves. All right. <laughs> so that's all I knew with Jim Reeves wow. when I was young. I think it was about six or seven. And what happened, and this is what really changed me. Well, I think it changed me. I knew um, that I like music. Mm -hmm. It's one day, like, I don't know what possessed me, but it says, right, I'm going to go downstairs. You remember, you couldn't go in the front room. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was a special room. Yeah. And my dad had a radiogram. And I don't know, something just told me to go. I sat in front of the radio, sat down, and I was listening. I think it was about, yeah, I was about six or seven. But I, I, I don't know why I believe that there was somebody inside the radio. I don't know. Somebody was in the back. Or, uh, I wanted to know, you know, I always had this thing. I want to know how's that work? How's it go? Because I didn't know what a radio was to that. Mm. And I've got a knife. Oh, <laughs> Lord. You're joking. And, and I went behind the back of the radio <sighs> and I started to screw it out. How old are you, man? How old are you? I was about six or seven or something like that. Old enough to get lick? Well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. So I opened it up now and I went, where's this man all... <laughs> where's this noise coming from where's the you know what i mean because i didn't know really what it was the how does it work and my dad caught me and you know what happened there but hot lick 
yeah, it was serious licks and things. But the next day, I went back. It is and hard, I, man. And I, and I thought, yeah, man, it's worth it. I want to know. So I mm. put it back up. And I said to myself, I don't know if, you know, because back in the day, you didn't have things, you didn't, we didn't have them words inspired and all that. I just knew something inside me. It was music. I just love mm. music. It was worth getting licked for. You know, me, that's all I do. I thought, so, like you said, my dad always used to say to me, you're hard of hearing, you never listen, you yeah. don't think. And I remember one day, because you remember, I'm talking about Jim Reeves here, mate. Mm. I don't know about, because it was vinyl. Because my dad had a vinyl then. Mm. And yet, on the other side of the radar ground, you have a, a turntable, you remember? Mm-hmm. I put Jim Reeves on mm. and I was playing him and something just told me, I didn't know what I was doing, is to pull it back. Oh, you started scratching with Jim Reeves? I didn't know scratching. I just thought, <laughs> I speeded him up and I, I slowed him down and I speeded him up like he was 45, mm. 33 and up through. And I, I started... It just sounded good, you know, me pulling it back, but it was belt driven. Mm-hmm. So I knew from there, there's something connected to me. I wanted to do something with my hands and mm. music and all that. So, but I didn't know. I just liked to hear, hear music and to find out what music was about. You mm. know what I mean? That was where I was. That's how, what's, it's in my bio. That that, that sort of sparked that that, that was what sort of raised the, the, the spark for it. All right. Yeah. So for, sort of in your household, then what sort of things were you watching on TV? Was did you watch as a family a lot of TV or anything like that? If we could, <laughs> basically. Yeah. But basically, what what it was when I was growing up, um, I had um, it was I think I was about. Nine, eight or nine or something like that. I used to watch this program, which I, what I, I told you about. Um, it's called Love by Neighbor. That's All right. <laughs> <laughs> so with Love by Neighbor. Oh my days! Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because I just—it was my humor. But I didn't ever understood it, you know what I mean? I used to say, why is the this man acting this way and why is he saying this to him? But my mum and dad never said nothing to me. Mm. Because my neighbourhood was all friendly. Mm. You understand? So I did, I just looked at that as humour. I just looked at that as humour. But yeah. the words, you know, what they were saying in them days, it was kind of like, it was normal to me. It was normal. Well, it wasn't normal what they were saying. It was just humour to me because mm. I was laughing because I didn't see that in my neighbourhood. You know what I mean? Does anybody remember this? Does anybody remember this TV program in the chat? Tell me in the chat if you remember this man. Love thy neighbour. You old enough to remember this man? This was just like uh, a sitcom on. Was it BBC or ITV? I can't remember. I think it was BBC. I think I'm not sure. Just about because sure. they had. Um, What's his name as well? The um, Alf Garnet or something. Them kind of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah I, I yeah. think that was a bit further on. 
because mm. I, I think, like I said, it was humour to me. Mm. And because I didn't see it. Yeah, the, I mean, the, yeah, like you were saying, in your, in your area, it was kind of like a bit of a melting pot where there was all different races, different people in there, and everyone just got on. So yeah, I guess watching this, how this this dude next door neighbour was carrying on was just probably seemed kind of weird, I guess, innit? Yeah, it was weird. And um, I, I used to always think, my neighbour's not like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, because and then, um, our neighbours were like, they would just cook food. We all had different type of food. Mm. So, and they used to always bring foods round. So one, one week we'll have a pot of curry coming from the Asian. Yeah. Um, the Irish like family used to bring something round. Next door neighbours, because of Fijian, they used to give us bargy. And we used to eat bargies and all them kind of things. So we was all, and that was our, that was my family. You know mm. what I mean? The only time I seen a lot of black people was my brother used to come and take me. And he introduced me to say, when you see that man down the road, you call him this. If you see him down the road, you need to call him that. So mm. he used to take me to all the family. Yeah. And, and where he used to take me as well, to, he used to have like, um, you know, like dances and all them kind of things. So yeah. I was the, like the guy, the little boy in Charm Path, you know, and give me the lights. <laughs> and he was playing dominoes upstairs and I'd go downstairs. So yeah. I was around that kind of, that's the nearest I really got to hearing proper music, like it was reggae music though. I didn't really yeah. hear soul or nothing like that. It was like, but I just thought that was part of. And all that, all that, was that all outside of your house? You, you yeah, know, that was all outside of Like right. I said, I'll go back to it. I had to take advantage of the time. Because yeah. as soon as I get back in, I don't Jim know when Reeves. I'm coming back out. <laughs> it's just Jim Reeves. That's yeah, it. Jim Reeves. So it was just so it wow. was like I didn't see nothing from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Pressure, 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 pressure. So okay. So if I play this tune now, tell me what this reminds you of. All right. Tune. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> yeah, so talk to me about this tune, man. Right. The story behind this was, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh your head off. Right. <laughs> um, I think people in the chat are loving this, man. Right, so... I big tune this. I was... I heard my friend, he always used to say, we're all bass. And I used to say, I can't, I didn't know how. He said, you got to come, you got to come, man. Why? The, the people, man, it's really good. And I said, yeah, but I can't come out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But I have to find a way. I have to find a way. And I, I said to my friend, why? How can we get around this? He says, think about it. We're in all baths. Tell your mom you're going swimming. And I'll call, I'll, I'll knock on the door. He said, but what you got to have to do, you just got to, um, <laughs> it's funny because he told me, he says, right, um, you're going to have to wet your, your trunks. 
<laughs> so uh, what I did, uh, you know, I said, Mama, can I go to the baths? And she, she says, Where? And I said, Willinore. I've got to go to Willinore baths. You know what I mean? Mm. So what I did, um, my friend um, called for me and put my trunks in my bag, my towel and everything. My mom packed it up, everything. And I go there now and, and I had a, like, a little rucksack. But in them days, rucksacks was like, um, I think, breaking in them days, they had these little rucksacks, didn't they? Mm, little backpack. So, yeah, I had a little backpack. So when I went down there, I went, I fitted in. I didn't feel like I was going to, you know, like I pretended I was going to the back when mm. I had this rucksack. But when I walked in there, knowing that I had like trunks in my bag, everything and all that. So, and I, and I felt like a, a togetherness, you know what I mean? That was the first time I felt like I was part of something. Mm. So tell, saw, tell people, with an old baths, right, was a swimming pool thing in it. But yeah, yeah. The, the things that happened at Willing Orbass was a big part of a massive movement, man. So tell the people from outside of Wolverhampton don't know about that. Yeah, well, Willing Orbass was like a place, you know, we had like a um, breakdancing competitions and everything was there and everybody met up. So there was all different type of crews and all that. And at that time, it was B-Boys, mm. you know, B-Boys with the, you go there and it was all about challenging and all this kind of thing and felt, you know what I mean? And everyone thought they could break dads and all them and rock up the leg and pop up. You see people just dancing from things. But for me, that was the first time I was in a place with a lot of people mm. like myself, you know what I mean? Mm. And I felt a, like a togetherness. So that song was like more, that was the first song I remember when I, I walked in the place. Yeah. And I saw people popping and I thought, yeah. I said, this is the movement I want to be in. I wanted, yeah. to, be, I wanted to be a breaker, you know what I mean? Could you I break? Could you break? I could do it. I was you couldn't break. break. All I could do is break wind, fam. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could still do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah well, big up, big up. Yeah, I mean, like, off like you're talking about the B boys. The B boys came from Wolverhampton. They were like number crew, number one crew in the UK, yeah. recognised worldwide and stuff with like Goldie and Bubbles yeah. and all those people. Man, wicked. Yeah, wicked, wicked. Oh, big up Mr. Keys. Mr. Keys in the building. Big up all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Black Gypsy. Yeah, man. Are we laughing about my winting. Leave it, man. Allow me. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was a big, big thing. Do you know what? That was that. That was too far for me. I wasn't allowed out to go that far. I heard about it, but I never went. But I know it's a big. It was a big thing with all baths. No, I, I, the only reason, like I said, it's only because I said to my mom, "I'm going to the baths." Yeah. And she had to blag and when your I way back, to go there. My clothes were wet. See, my oh, yeah. wife's in there just broken up the kitchen. Okay. Shut the door. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Wicked tune. So, as well, another another tune from that era. So, from the time you hear this, you know it's on. Yeah. This was a, uh, yeah, this was another one where I saw like, a ch- like people close up. Doing some 
body popping and all that kind of thing. So that was a, another thing where I, I looked at it and I said, this is challenging, you know what I mean? I recognised what challenging world was. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was the first thing when I said, these people are challenging each other, you know what I mean? So I, I said to myself, nah man, they might, might start fighting and thing, you know what I mean? So, I kind of like, I was always on the outskirts and all them kind of like just yeah. watching people, you know what I mean, and at that time. No, wicked, wicked, wicked. Amazing times, man. Like I said, yeah. I wasn't allowed out to go that far. It was like that lamppost there, brethren. That's it. <laughs> my, yeah. my mom, my mom was a churchy as well, man. Like Jim Reeves, that was it. I wasn't going anywhere. Serious yeah. one. Yeah. Until yeah. I could lie and get out of my yeah. house, mate. I wasn't going anywhere, fam. Yeah. Seriously. So, okay, so uh, what what sort of age were you at this point when you started to go into wooden all baths and sneak out? Ooh. How old were you? What was them, What was the, the year of them songs? I can't even remember this? the year. Let me have a look. Uh, I don't know, man. Did I write them down? Uh, yeah. See, you're asking me questions now, you know, and I ain't got the thing in front of me. You know what I mean? Let me have a look. I think I got it in front of me. Yeah. Exactly. I come prepared. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> <throw> shade. <laughs> 86 this was. I'm 86. 86 I was um, see that that is even even I was just left school. Yeah. But I was 16. I was still at my mom's at 16. Mm. So I was I think I was about 17 18 coming up to that. I was 16. So my childhood from 16 from 6 to 16 for 10 years I still couldn't go out <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> I know it sounds funny I used to sneak out oh and I used days. to have to climb up I used to always have to climb through the window and leave a gap and when I come oh. back it was closed oh, and pressure. I was in trouble so you know so between that era I was kind of yeah I was about 16 17 then just mm. leaving school Ready right, to leave right. school. Okay. So, so when you left school, what, what were you doing? What what did you go on to do? Was it go to college and stuff or what No, doing? because basically what it was in eighty four when we left, it was the worst in it was recession year, man. So it was mm. kinda like Margaret Thatcher was in. Right, yeah. So there was no doll. <laughs> there was no doll. Oh, let me just go back a bit. You see, my childhood was, I used to watch this advert. Um, it was called, Join the Army, See the World. Yes. Remember okay. that one? Yeah, we man. want you. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I went to my, um, my, um, like my crease officer. Mm -hmm. And I says, oh, I want to join the army. And she says, oh, no, you're good at dancing. And, I mean, not dancing, you're good at running, run for... So I don't want to run. I don't want to run. I want to, because my mind was always going. I want to. I want to go. I was only going to join the army, so I can run off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, because I said, if you see the world, I would add it in my head. I was planning. I was going, oh, join the army. If I go abroad anyway, I'll just run off. You know what I mean? They won't find me. So, uh, um. So at school, it was like I went to school just to socialize, not to learn, you know what mm. I mean? Because I didn't get a chance. To, I just wanted to go out. So when I left school, 
Oh, we had to go on a YTS. Mm, mm, I don't I remember know if you those. remember YTS. Mm, I remember those. So it's kind of like you went straight on the YTS. You had twenty six pounds. All right. So ten pound had to go to your mother. Yeah. <laughs> Board. Five pound for food. So you left with twelve pound, and that was my. I think I had about seven pounds out of that. I had to buy my bus pass. So at the end of the day, I had seven pounds. You know what I mean? So there's not much around that time I could really do. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and at the t- same time, my dad was saying, as I was growing up, he always used to say, come out my house. When you're 16, come out my house. Mm-mm. I'm going back to Jamaica. You know, because it was always like, we're going back, we're not stopping England, we're going back to Jamaica. And I, I, I thought to myself, it, it was real because my sisters, they went to London. Mm. So when I was growing up, my sister already left. It was all close together, but by the time they're 16, they left. So I knew, I thought in my head, this is going to be real. So I was preparing myself to leave anyway when I was 16. Because yeah. Yeah. he kept saying it as he was growing up, you know what mm. I mean? Mm. So how did that make you feel, man? That, that's that's tough. Because that was a that was a routine thing to people to say, innit? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, Come out, you know what I mean? <laughs> you think, see a man, no. Come out to me, hard. You know what I mean? So I was more close to my mom because yeah. my dad... I think, look, I said it to you before. I said, uh, when I even wanted you to go to the shop, I, I used to go to my friend's house and he got, they give him money to go to the shop. So I go and ask my mom. I said, oh, mom, can I have some money? She said, to go where? I said, to the shop. She said, you need to bring back the change. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it was normal to us, you know what I mean? Going to the shop for nothing, basically. It was normal, you know what I mean? So a lot of the things, what, in my life, I just looked at it as normal, you know what I mean? I think everybody went through it, you know, only when I, I went to other people's houses and I thought, oh, that's different. Mm. You know what I mean? So, Kids getting away with murder and getting to come out the yeah, house. Yeah, and I'm just saying... And not having I to listen, listen to Jim Reeves, is what you're saying. Yeah, and I, and I always just think... My mum always told me when I was younger... England's on the outside, but as soon as you get inside, it's a Jamaica. You know what I mean? So I couldn't bring nothing, anything. I remember one time I, was, I must have come in and I must have said something to my mom. She said, go, go, go live with them. Go, mm. <laughs> she's going to take me to other person's house. You're influencing my kid. Go, I come, he's coming to live with you. You know what I mean? So Everything was normal to me. It was kind of, well, it just seems normal. You know what yeah, I mean? Me leaving yeah. at 16 was normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so did, did you move out at 16? Well, what it was, um, my sister already moved to London at that time. Mm. So I started to go to London a bit, stop with my sisters. But when I was at my sister, it was still like I was still at home. You know, the same rules. You know? <laughs> uh, like, you know, it just felt like I was, you know, you had to be in at a certain time in London, you know what I mean? Because you were saying, don't, don't think this is a hotel and all this and yeah. all them. So, and the thing about it me, and this is what you're going to understand as you, as, as you get further into what I'm going to talk about. Mm. I moved on my own. I didn't move with nobody. Yeah. So, because I believed in my time, I had to make the most of my time. 
Mm. So I'm responsible for my time. I didn't all, if I was with people, if when they're ready to go, I have to go with them or because yeah. I need, you see what I mean? So I always moved on my own. Yeah. So when I went to London, I was on my own, you know what I mean? Mm. So I always had that restriction where I was like, right, you know, Godfrey, you go to London for a weekend, get the best out of this weekend mm. in the little time you've got, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I put boundaries on myself, you know what I'm saying? I put the boundaries. I know people had boundaries, but I put my boundaries. Put your own, yeah, your own sort yeah. of, yeah, restrictions yeah. on yourself. Yeah, so. Yeah, because, I mean, what sort of age are you talking about now when you was in London? I was seven, like, like I say, the number YTS, I was 17, went mm. down to London. This is the first time I was, you know, going to an, a new town, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I used yeah. to go down weekend, like, I didn't go every weekend, I used to go a couple of weekends, mm. and, and then space it out, but in my head, I was going, i got to get used to, you know, moving around, because I still live with my mom, but that was my escapism, if you want to say, yeah. it was kind of like, I've left, yeah. my mom, I lived there, but my mind already left, yeah, you know what I mean. I already wanted to just find things and do things. You yeah. know what I mean. What I like, and like I was saying, when I was younger, I loved music, but I had to find that connection, that right connection with music. Yeah. You know what I mean. So you, you now, right? You're one of the guys. There's a few people like this around Wolverhampton and yeah. around around the place. I'd say Shorty Blitz is one of them. Yeah. And you're another one that you were playing DJing from when I was allowed out my yard. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, or it seems that way. You know what yeah. I mean? From, yeah. It seems that way for, forever, forever. You know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're one of those dudes. Even though I haven't seen you for ages, it's like one of the last times, not even the last time, well, a time I remember you was playing in, was it Cleo's? Did you play Cleo's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, do you know what I mean? From back in the day when we were allowed out, mate, you, you were DJing from back in then. So <laughs> I know you're deep in this whole kind of music game and um, it's, a, it's a passion because I, I always take my hat off to people like yourself who have kept on doing it because it's obviously there's a love there, you know what I mean? It's obvious. So, you know, what I mean? when was your first time you came across, you, you, you discovered that sort of playing music yourself, DJing, Right. Initially, was was your thing? When did you right. find that out? What it was, and this is my, this is, I always tell this story. I had no money. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Brookness, Brookness made you be a teacher. I, I never really had money when I was growing up. My, my, my dad used to always say to me, I said, Daddy, can you give me some pocket money? He said, No, they get it wrong. It's money in my pocket. That's what we call it. So I never really had no money. You know yeah. what I mean? So the little money. I was grateful for was my YTS and mm. I and I used to think, how am I gonna get into clubs? How am I gonna buy music? How so am I gonna do this? Seven pound. Yeah, you know I mean yeah, yeah, well, that stretch mate. Yeah, I had to think. Oh I used to when I went down London, I used to go because my sister lived in West Ham and there mm. was a there was a shop in Barking. Um, and I heard about it, you know, because I, I, I was talking to my cousin. And I said, "Oh, 
Where's the record shops around? And he says, oh, the nearest one's in Barking. Only if you go into central London and, and didn't have no money. Mm. So um, I asked my sister, I says, oh, how far is Barking? And she, she just says, just walk along down the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and I walked, and it must have been about it long, but it was, it was oh, uh, I was determined to go there. So I got mm. to this record shop and I faked it because I walked in and um, the shop, like I was going to buy music. Mm. And then in them days, they had like a turntable. Oh, when, when I was in Wolves, they didn't have turntables. You could play your own music. You understand? Mm-hmm. So I thought, right, how am I going to get to deal with this now? So he goes, oh, do you want to buy some music? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kept giving me these songs and I kept listening to them. And I go, nah, on, Leo, Leone, do you know what this record shop is? Because Leone's from London, so she might even know this shop that you're going to have to talk about. It, it was called Rhythm and Bass. Do you know that one, Leonie? I, I think she probably might do. Yeah, go on, carry on, sorry, sir. Yeah. So every time he asked me, um, do you like this song? And I go, no, 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 but I loved it. And I was like, listen to me. Because yeah. I, I had no money, I didn't really have no, I couldn't buy them anywhere at the time. And what made me at the time, something like an idea came in my head because He's bending down to lift up his records. And I went, how can I? Something, I was watching him and he was struggling. And I went to him, oh, I could carry your records. Where do you play? And he said, oh, I play here and I'm playing out tonight, here and that. So um, I remember thinking, yeah, I can get in the club now. If I can carry his record in there, I heard people saying carry the man's records. You know I me. Mean? Mm. But, but it was, I just, it, I just looked at him and I clicked and I just said it. And he says, yeah. "How long are you down here?" I said, "I'm only down here for like a weekend." He said, "What well, I'm playing?" And he, he pointed down because he, his shop was he was playing in the same neighbourhood. He said, "I'm playing at the nightclub tonight." Yeah. And I said, "Well, I'll carry your records." And he said, "Okay then." So I turned up and I carried his records in, and I was in the club. And I was watching him and he says, I play here every two weeks. So I made it, I built a relationship. If, if you can call, well, I didn't know it was a relationship. I just, I got used to him coming. And yeah. because I came from a different town, he was kind of like, oh, I like, he liked I don't know if you like my accent because you know these Lon- London people, you're a countryman, you're coming from the country. You know, you're <laughs> it? Yeah. hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I used to go there. Um, I think I did it for about three months, and then one day, which is weird, because he used to leave his records there. He never used to take his box back. He used to. Because he knew he was there, and he, he lived there. He used to have the same kind of records, and he'd bring the same record. So he, one day, I turned up, and he wasn't there. And I went, oh. oh. No, before that, he showed me something where the art of DJ, uh, DJing out. Mm. And, I, and I said to him, he says, are you watching? He kept, he kept saying, are you watching me? I said, yeah. He says, you can play all the new music at the start, 
It's at 11 o'clock. You play the biggest tune if it's in the charts, you know what I mean? The biggest tune out there. And I went, okay. And he says, right, what you got to do, he says, watch. If your dance floor's full, you're in trouble. I says, no, because everybody's dancing. He says, no, you're in trouble. He says, your manager is unhappy. Because they're not at the bar. They're not at the bar. <laughs> you'll go to your promoter, that guy over there, and you pressure him. He says, that DJ's rubbish. I'm losing money here, mate. And he'll sack you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that ain't right. You, you fool the place. He says, no, what you've got to do, you've got to gain and lose. Lose and gain. Lose and gain. Lose and gain. Lose and gain. Mm. So he says... This is your selection. He says, right, if you start off with soul, you play soul. And then you've got to lose people to gain people. So he mm. says, play a song, what's got rap in there. So you get the hip hop guys, because you can see them warring up going. When the soul tracks are, yeah. you can see that, going, yeah, just on that rap part. Then you're going to lose the soul crowd. And he said, that's how you, you get it. You've got to gain and lose. And he said, you've got to always focus on women because they're leaving threes. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, and they'll go straight. Science. To yeah. And he, and he learned me all this. So one day now, I turned up. He wasn't there. And I said, oh, he's not here. And them days, we didn't really have mobiles. I didn't have mm. a mobile. So I said, where is he? He said, so, so. I rang him from the, the place and he says, oh, I said, well, are you coming now? And he says, no, you're playing tonight. No way. So my first gig was, <laughs> he says, my box is in the back. My first gig, he said, your first, <laughs> I was, and, I, and you know what, the, what made me feel, I, I vibed on it. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I worked better under pressure. Mm. So I was, I, was, I was like, right, I know what to do. And it was my best gig, if you know what I mean, like, because it was my first gig. And it was like, I think there was about 300 people in there. And from that day, I knew it. This is what I wanted that to do. That was you. That was you all day. That was me. The energy <laughs> and the... People coming up to me and saying, oh, wow, I really enjoy myself. You know what I mean? And that was the first time in my life where somebody said I've done good. Really? You know, I didn't even really hear that from my, not say from my parents. I didn't say, they just, they were too busy. They just said, you're doing your own work. I said, mm. yeah. They didn't even look at it. <laughs> they said, make sure it's it, it good. Because if I have to come to school, and we see your report. So, you know what I mean? That was mm. the first time in my life where um, I felt recognised. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's powerful, man. That's, that's real. That's real. And to get thrown in the deep end like that and swim, that's a big thing, man. You know what I mean? That's a big deal. Yeah. Man. So could you mix and everything? Had you been learning that no, already? No, or? all I kept thinking about... In my mind, I'm going to get sacked. 
you know what I mean? Because I was watching the manager, so it was more of a. I wasn't mixing because I didn't know what to mix. So the, yeah, I, yeah. I just knew I had to gain and lose, gain and lose, and gain and lose, and gain yeah. and lose, and gain and lose. And before you knew it, the night was done, and people yeah. was enjoying themselves. And I didn't get sacked, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> win, man! That's a win. That's a win. Yeah. Hey, I'll just give shout out to more people coming in. Thirteen rhythms, salute sis, rhythms. Easy. Say hello to God free my 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 excellent guest here. Yeah, you're getting congrats all around, mate. You know what big I mean? Up, big, big up, Leone. Yeah, 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 man. Mr. Keys. Yeah, man. You're getting hand claps here, Godfrey, as well. You know what I mean? You have to... <laughs> First gig in London. Yeah, that's sweet, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, after that, after that, so you got the bug now to DJ. Yeah. yeah. What's next? What happens next? Right. So, I've got the bug now, and I came back to Wolves, and... Um, I think at that time, I think I was 18. No, I was coming, I was still in Wolves, but I started to go to Ruby Reds. Okay. With yeah, Max man. and all them. Max and Trickster. Yeah, man. Type. Salute Max and Trickster, Ruby Reds. Yeah, so, man. So I yeah, think, man. I, I don't know if Trickster was there at the time. It was Max. I used to see, um, what's his name? Who owned it? Max, Max, not Max. Who owned it? Who owned it? Oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name was. Um, the one who owned it. But mm. I used to see Max more more time. And I used to go in there and I just felt like I knew what I wanted. Mm. I knew what kind of music. Um, and But I still was, I felt like there's a difference between a radio DJ and a DJ DJ now. Yeah. Okay. Big up Melly Mel. Melly Mel in the place. Same. Mel Smith, big up. Ruby Reds was the place, she says. There you go. <laughs> so, I know that. Um, I, I, would go, I thought, right, you know what? I've got to do both. You know that, you understand? Yeah. Huh? Because I'm, I'm DJing, but that was, that was like, I was still restricted because it was just London. I wanted a DJ in Wolves, okay? Mm. I wanted a DJ. So I thought, right, I need to get on the radio. So what it was, I don't know if you remember him, Soul Mix Master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So what it was, it was funny because um, we was in Ruby Reds and I, I was buying up all these tunes, man. And um, he goes, come on my show. I says, I says, yeah, but it's your show. He said, yeah, come on my show. But I don't know at the time, probably because I was, I was, I was buying up certain tunes, and he wanted me to play him on his show, so his show's better. You know, what so I mean? you I didn't have to play. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, that's I'm, smart. You know, that's smart. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to pay them, but he's getting yeah. played on his show. <laughs> yeah. So I remember when, I, when, when that's genius. That's genius, man. So I remember when I was going. I went on this show. That is genius. He introduced me, and he was going, "Oh, he said this is this is." He said, "What you go by name?" I didn't have a DJ name. I said, "Sure." My, I says, "I'm pure niceness. I'm just nice. Everything <laughs> nice. You know what I mean?" I just said, "I'm just nice." Because I'm a nice person. I, I, I looked at myself and said, I don't hurt nobody. I don't bother people. You know what I mean? I don't bother yeah. people. You know what I mean? I'm not bad-minded. So I said, I'm pure niceness. And he goes, 
Now you can't call yourself pure niceness. I said, niceness then, DJ niceness. So he was introduced me, he says, I've got DJ niceness in the place, blah, mm. blah, blah. So he was playing, <laughs> he was playing the music and I, was, I had my little batch of music and was dropping it, man. And he mm. was doing well. And then I think what, what happened on that night, what kind of made me think, because when you listen to it on the radio, but when you're in the studio, it's two different things. So when I was, I used to listen to his show and he'd say, yeah, man, he can, yeah, man, he can mix and all this kind of thing. And I remember uh, what made me change was um, he was mixing the record. And I think he must have backspinned it too much. And, and it came off, the, the needle came off. Oh, you know, right. you know, he, he went, woo, 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 come on. And then he said, me? He says, what are you knocking the record for? <laughs> and I went, you know what? You're going to blame me all the time for this. And I says, you know what? In my head, another idea come in. I said, <clears throat> I'm going to get on the radio, man. I'm going to show people that it wasn't me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, could, I could mix and I can play music. I, you know what I mean? So what it was, um, how did I get on the radio? I think there was a slot. Mm. There was a slot on the radio. What station? Um, what station was it? Skyline at the time. Right, yeah, yeah. Man. Institute, another institution. Big up Skyline. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and at that time, there was some of the DJs were playing soul as well. I think it, at the time, I'm not sure if we, who was on it there? I don't, you know, you probably won't know him. He was named Dags. He used mm. to play all the slow jams, yeah? Mm. And everyone loved DJ Dags because he had the best shift at late at night when everybody's coming out of the clubs. Right, right, right. And he had this kind of a voice, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I used to say, wow and then all of a sudden he left i think he went to america so that slot became available so the game with the grave was a graveyard shift yeah so they put me on this this show i like the game this show and if it play what you want i think it was 11 to 2 in the morning or something like that so what i did i started to say right I'm going to call it the love train of many carriages. Easy, no? <laughs> wow. I don't know why. I just, this is for all the lovers and they had this kind of... I didn't put on the voice. I just took my time. You know what I mean? And I, I learned a way of saying... I used to listen to some radio stations and they, they never used to talk you know mm. the most irritating thing what irritates me when a dj talks a lot on mm. like in between the songs and all that yeah so what i used to do i used to play like two or three records back to back and i used to say back to back music continuous jams on the love train of the of many carriages Mm. Book yourself a ticket. Enjoy me. <laughs> and it stuck. 
and yeah. from time it stopped, I got people started to ring me up and going, and you could tell the difference between uh, um, when black people ring up. The first thing they would say, "Where the blues?" <laughs> I don't usually think, "Nah, man." I said, and then the other one, you could tell if, if, if it's an English person, they'll, they'll ring up properly, and they'll go, "Oh, can you send a dedication out to my uh, my loved one?" If, um, can you do this? But when it was black people, he's with the blues, man. What's wrong with you? I don't this kind of thing. But at that time, I said, my target audience. But then they didn't think, oh, that's my target audience. Mm. I knew what I, I wanted to do. Mm. I wanted to be different from others. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't want to be different. I needed to stand out. So what I did, I kind of like stuck to that. And what happened in my first year, I was on the graveyard shift. A lot of people voted for me. You know what I mean? So basically what happened, it was like, I was, I, I won the best DJ of the sole DJ of the year. Oh, so that was, my, that was my first compliment on Skyline. Nice. And from that, I started to say, I want to play out to a different crowd. I didn't want to play in them. Not say like, Skylines things. I wanted to do more like out of town things. You know, what mm. I mean, like more, more other things with other DJs. What I heard of, what I wanted to do. So um, that's where it, I got to. Yeah. No, wicked man. So yeah, I think it's about time playing some music. You know, all on, all on. Let me let me dig out something for you. Yeah, man. How about this? So if we'll play this. What does this remind you of? So talk, talk to me about this, man. Why, why is this? Why is this a big tune well, for you? Well, what it was um, because, like, remember I was telling you, well, that DJ gave me the, the opportunity. Yeah. He 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 told me. He says, "Look, you got to scratch my back now because basically you come out of you come from a different town." He says. Do you want to be on mailing lists? And I'm saying, I get free music. He said, yeah. He said, you get free music. He said, you get promos. I said, promos. He said, yeah. You'll get it before people. So I said, okay. So he said, what are you going to have to do? Hey, hang on, you seen the comments coming up here, man? There's people feeling Bobby Brown, you know? Because <laughs> this is high tops for me with no shirt and a blazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Danger youth. Big up G Force. Welcome, welcome, and Melly Mel. Yeah, man. The feel, the feeling. Bobby Brown, man. Bobby Brown's a living legend. Yeah. So what happened there was he told me you want to promote music. I said, yeah, yeah, I love to promote music. And he says, right, you're gonna have to. I'm gonna give you these names. You're gonna have to ring them up, and then you got to say because. You know, DJ's kind of an ego thing. 
you got to say, oh, when um, he I always got to mention his name, I always got to say, mm. oh, where did he hear that song from? Oh, he played the place with Mads and all that. So just to get on that mailing list. So yeah, I got on all these mailing lists. I got it. I got on Universal, Universal Music, Bad Boy Records, mm. Motown. Um, I got on all the mailing lists, and I remember my first record promo was Bobby Brown to promote. What? <laughs> and I've got it. Uh, I've got a promo copy of it, double pack. You know what I mean, double pack. That's tough. So, <laughs> so that's what started me off in kind of like the mailing list, kind of like being a promoter for, yeah. for the music. Here, G Force record box must have been heavy to Ross. <laughs> 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 With all that freeness, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, and. Um, and then from then, um, I was on all the main lists. I was getting, I started to be like uh, the advantage. What I got because I was out of town, I took advantage mm. of. They took advantage of me. They were saying, "Oh, we're looking for somebody who can work in Birmingham. Yeah. You work in Birmingham. We'll send." You. I remember the guy. I had the chance. I interviewed Usha. Oh wow. And I got jingles off Osha. He done me some jingles. <laughs> I got some jingles still. I mean, some people, there was some there was some women would kill you for that, you know. I got <laughs> the jingles. I got jingles from him and um, CeeLo. But CeeLo was what group was he in? Who CeeLo Green? Yeah. He was oh in wow. He was in Goody Mob. Goody Mob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I, I met him because, and I met a lot of them before they came out, like. Um, when they first come out, like, mm. so it was like, um, Bobby, um, I think Ushi came over, I think he was young then, and he was just signed to, um, I think he, he just put out his new album, new, new album come out. So mm. we was promoting everything, everything, Mary J. Bly Universal, Joe the Sea. So I always got chances to go and, um, go to their parties and all them kind of things. So yeah. I was on Sony and everything. So it was it was a great time. It was a really a great time. So what, what sort of era was this? What year was this this mid nineties? Nineties, early nineties? Like when Bobby Brown come then Bobby Brown was like, early eighties, wasn't it? He was eighty eight and Yeah yeah. And then you had Guy. That was my group guy. Yeah man. Let me just look you with a piece of this. Okay. <laughs> so talk to me about these men. Guy, Guy was my group. My Guy was my group. They're the ones who who set the, who set it going for me. Teddy yeah. Riley, you know, Teddy Riley was the man and all that. And the thing about it, it was like this was a new era. It yeah. was like a cross between um, hip hop, but it wasn't hip hop. I hip hop. But they used to use a lot of these samples and all them kind of things, like Rex in Effect and all them yeah, kind yeah. of things. Um, Tammy Lucas, is it good to you and all that? Yeah, yeah. So I felt good promoting these kind of music. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I really, it wasn't just about playing music, it was more about promoting. I felt 
honored to promote them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, let, uh, let, let, let me just turn this up for a bit, man, because it's a big tune still. <laughs> Do you know what though? This whole the sound, the new Jack Swing sound, right? You can't hear it. It doesn't matter because this is like how many years old. You, you can't hear it and not just like, you know what I mean? You just want to start doing running, man, and bust a move. You know what I mean? Put on like some shoulder pad jacket and do something. You know what I'm saying? And think about it as well. At that time, soundtrack started to come out. Mm. So you would get in the van. And at part of the promotion you had to do is kind of like you knew the film was coming out. The public didn't know, but you knew. You knew the song because you'd get the promo and you go, you go and look on the, the, their album. And you go, this track's not on the album. And then it will say on the promo it's from the soundtrack. So you look forward for the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So when I was playing out, I felt like. I know, you know, as DJ, I never really had that kind of thing where, oh, remember where I played for exclusive and all that kind of thing. I just felt like I'm promoting it. So I never really said, remember where you hear it first and all this yeah. kind of thing and all that kind of thing, because that, that, that's your ego taking over. It's, it's kind of taking over, you know what mm. I mean? I always wanted to keep it genuine, you know what I mean? You know, I always wanted to give people information. You know, when it was on the radio, it wasn't like, yeah, man, only I got it, you know, no one else gets it. Don't play press pressure. I always used to say, oh, this is coming from a forthcoming album, coming out on the date, because I had all the information, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the information in there. And it was all like, give you all the data. So I felt like I was doing a service, if you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. I took it to my heart and do the service, you know what I mean? So big, that's where. Big. So you obviously had a love for New Jack. Was that like your lane? That was 100% your lane. That was, your that was me. He said he used to love hip hop. And I guess this New Jack was kind of like the precursor to Neo, Neo Soul, really. Because it's kind of like the start to, the start to bring those kind of hip hop beats and marry it with the, with the soul, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, yeah, because a lot of the, the swing beat, Rex and Effect is the hip hop group. It wasn't yeah. a swing beat group. There was more rapping. Yeah. on the thing every d every d every d yes you know what i mean every d with my man don't get me started man don't get me started i still had i still had the hip-hop in me you know because I mean? my yeah, cousin yeah. was a hip-hop guy you know my cousin richard yeah richard man hip-hop guy so yeah i knew all the hip-hop because he used to buy all the hip-hop right and he used to okay. buy the new jack swing with me so he used to take some of my he said no oh. because he knew he was into breaks so he knew all the breaks to the songs you know what I mean? Right, right. So when he uses a swing beat, he wants that song as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had, and he used to always tell me the hip hop. You know, he was using soul like Big Daddy Kane and all these kind of things. And yeah. you know what I mean? Because a lot of them, the rappers and the, the crossed over. So there was always, because back in the days, you had like Gina Thompson, 
with Missy Elliott and all them kind mm. of things, the things you do, and Johnny Gill, you know what I mean? Boys to Men, all, all, it was like, oh. I can just see, I can see your face just light up when you're talking I'm about these things. I'm going to start digging out my records now. <laughs> I can just see you just lighting up, man. Just yo. Oh, as I drop some foot, that's nah, yeah, wicked, yeah. wicked, wicked, wicked. Yeah. Great times, yeah. man. Great times. Yeah, man. So, as like you, I mean, obviously, you like kind of promoting the music. Let the artists yeah. get their props when they're, you know what I mean, yeah. with, with with you playing them out and let people know where to get it from. So. Yeah. The artist gets the shine that they need in it. So, yeah. how did you progress with that? What what did that lead on to? So you, you're playing out. You're playing out different places. Where were you playing out? Let's let's start there. Where were you playing uh, out? I'm playing out like in, you know, I did Telford a couple of times. I did um, Stoke. Mm. I started to go to um, Valentino's. Valentino's, <laughs> my days. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Valentino's. Soul room in Valentino's. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Valentino's. Pink coconut. Yeah. People, who remembers pink coconut, man? Bank holiday <laughs> the pink coconut. Yeah. People so, came from all over the country for that. That was wicked. Yeah, and then I started to do little things here and then. Some in London, some in the, all, all over. And um, mm. in Liverpool. Um, so it was kind of like you're just trying to because them days you, you're getting booked, you get you get you're getting booked, yeah. But them days being booked and running your business is two different things. They book you, and you're the last person to get paid, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I sort of heard, man. That's what I've heard. You used, yeah. used, used to get booked, and the man used to um to say, Yeah, man. The place is full and at the end he's going, man. You know what? I ain't got that much money. No I money, didn't make that know. much, you know. <laughs> I didn't make no money. I'm going. I bet you didn't tell the bands of that. Yeah. Too, too lick in your head, man. You know what I mean? Mm. But the DJ was always the last person. So mm. I knew um, I have to switch it up. So, um, and what it was at the same time, what I was going through, because I come from Wolves and I, I got a Wolverhampton accent. Well, I can I change. I noticed, man. I hadn't noticed. Eh? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, I could change it up. If, you know what I mean? I could be who I want to be. You know what I mean? I could be Liverpoolian if I want to be Liverpoolian. <laughs> yeah, I could be anything, what I want. So when I was going to London, because when you start progressing and your name's getting out there, mm. that's where you start seeing the, the different kind of things happening so i remember i used i was going to london and i had a no what it was i had a cousin in 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 america Mm -hmm. and because i had the promos and they had like um shorty bliss doing remixes of the songs and all these people used to because they were signed to like i think shorty bliss was signed to MC, uh, MCA, so he used to like anything what gets to number one in the billboard, like Boys to Men, he'll do a remix of it. Right, okay. Big up but Shorty Blitz, have, Big up yeah, Shorty Blitz, man, Zadam. Yeah. yeah man. So what happened? They never heard them that version. It was a UK version. So mm. I started to speak to my cousin, my cousin, 
and I used to send him over like like tapes and all these kind of things of um, of all the mixes. I used to put them on the tape and send them over to him. Them days, and he used to, he used to say to me, oh, he used to tell me certain things are coming out and all these kind of thing. Here's a list. Mm. So. I looked at Ruby Red and I used to always go into Max and I say, Max, you got this list? And he got, oh no, it's coming out on Tuesday. Mm. You gotta wait for the import guy. I said, I ain't got time for it. I need this song for Saturday. Mm. So what I used to do, jump jump on the coach, go down London, beat the I knew the um, import man used to be at this shop, so I used to go to London in the morning, get down there, buy the late, get the, you ain't getting it till Tuesday. I'm getting it on Saturday. Cause what? I used to come back and I used to have it in my bag. And I Yo, used to call. that's some that's some different level of I want to drop this first type ish, man. You know what I mean? That is that's, the. Do you know what? But the thing is that like, you're talking. You're talking in a time when this was before you had Amazon and yeah. internet to order things. If you wanted something new, like if you wanted, like you say, you, you know what I mean? You get in. Um, you're getting like a, a record that you can't get here, but you're going down to another city to go and get it because you can know you can get it earlier, right? You couldn't look that up on the internet. You had to get yellow pages from the library and phone on it. <laughs> it no, was I, a big, I lug, lug, lug thing. But the problem was, when I went down there, I had a list. <laughs> Real man my, FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my cousin used to send it to me, yeah? <laughs> So I used to know these are the songs coming out and you know, all this kind of thing. So I used to wow. go to the shop, but because I come from Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton. You know, oh, wow. so when you walk in the shop, they ignored you because they were looking after their London man, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got yeah. their bag and he tried to sell you these mashup songs. They can't sell. They can't yeah, yeah. sell. And he said, I've got this. Oh no. Only had two copies and all that. I said, right. So I had to switch it up, man. I, I said to myself, right, you know what? So I'm this is have... after you've travelled down to London and they're kind of being stingy with the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was no over a period of time. Like I said, I travel on my own. Yeah. So I, I, and I remember I saw one of my friends and I was telling them the situation. I says. What's it with these London man? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> What's it with these people? And he said, you know what you need to do? He says, education. I said, education? What's got that got to do with education? He says, it's called the backdoor entrance. Mm. You've got to get beyond. You, like you doing the promotion, but there's people who who get the music. Mm. You've got to get behind that. So what I started to do, uh, I went to America. Like I, I, I went with my cousin one time. No, I went to America. My cousin showed me. He said, mm. um, he said in America, the Thai education with music. So everything's all about entertainment, you know what I mean? He said, you, you're going to have to get with the record labels mm. because the guys who you're dealing with, you you got to work directly with the labels. 
you know what I mean? And then you'll get to know the people. Mm. He said, because what, you, what you're trying to do, um, it, it, it start at that time, it was like, you've got to be in London to make it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. you got to, you got to try and catch, you got to try and catch the river further up the stream to get the fresh water in it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're so, too far down the stream, mate. Yeah, yeah I get so, you. So what I, I was, so what I did, I started to do a bit of like youth work and all that. So, mm -hmm. um, what I based it, it's still music. I use music as a tool. Mm -hmm. So I started to do youth work and I started to do projects. I started to, um, like somebody learned, showed me how to write a project based around music. Mm -hmm. So I started to write, look at the industry and what could change and write a project around that. So what I did, um, I set up this program and it was called Battle of the Band, no, but, but it was called Jam It, but it was Battle of the Bands, mm. Battle of the MCs, and the Battle of the DJs. Wow, okay. So what I did, because now it was funded by the National Lottery, that time Lottery was in right now. Yeah. So I got the funding, because I worked for this organiser, I got a fund, and with the funding, I I got Tim Westwood because at the time Tim Westwood was like the man. How am I gonna get how am I gonna get head of the game? Mm. So I done a deal. I spoke to my friend, he says, What you have to do, you've got to get get a top DJ or a mm. top thing. But what you do in the day, he comes and do a workshop. To these young people mm. and then on a night you put on a night you put on a dance in it yeah yeah so he's getting paid twice you understand mm. so the funding what he does in a day you've already booked <laughs> it <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? to he's the devil you know <laughs> what a devil <laughs> damn no that that was no devil business <laughs> what it was that's how industry work, you know what I mean? That when you work in that industry, that's what it's all about. It's all I about. I think she's talking about Westwood, I think. Oh right, the devil. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's what she's saying. Devil? Oh, I thought you thank you. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, the the main guy. Cause even we got Wiley, we got Wiley as well. So we we target everybody like that. So we had like money and we, we I've got all the flyers still from back in the day. So mm. we started to work with them. Yeah. And once we work with them, you work with the labels. So I ended up being like a, I was no longer a street team person. I was a, one of the guys who would meet the guy who supplies the record shops. Yeah. So we have to, I had to go to the radios and mm. get the song to the radio. Right. So once you're in there, you kind of meet these people and they'll say, right, for free, they can't pay me. They wasn't going to pay me. They said, Godfrey, what can you do? While I'm going to the shop, can you go to the radio? Can you go to the radio and drop these songs off? Mm -hmm. And then that's when you started to get all the tickets 
to go to concerts. You get all the interviews and all them. So I knew what was going in the shops. I knew all the promos before they, they was going to go in the shops because mm. we were the one who was delivering them. So I was like the import man, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. All of oh. a sudden, you've gone from a punter to be the person who's bringing the things to the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. what it was, I remember I went to this, and you start going to networking events, mm. like the Sony events, like the, the, the main ones, you know what I mean? Not, not these little things. So I remember I saw the same guy who wouldn't sell me the records, and I was at the, the, the event, and he went, I've seen you before. You're from up north, eh? I said, yeah. He says, how do you get in this event? I said, never your mind. <laughs> We're both here, ain't we? Mm. And then he goes, yeah, but how did you get here? Who do you know? I said, you don't need to know. I'm here, ain't I? Mm. So, you know. And from then, I knew it's a backdoor entrance. The only mm. way you can get into this industry through the back door. Because if you see from the front door, if you see you coming, you ain't getting in. You have to go through. So I came through it through the education thing mm. set up. So nah, but you still music. You still music. It's you know interesting. What I mean? Really yeah, interesting. Yeah. And and yeah. you know what I mean. That just shows as well your ingenuity and stubbornness. You get me. So yeah. I always say to my daughters that they're stubborn like a what man. They get it from me and get it from from my wife. Yeah. But if you apply stubbornness in the right way, it's a beautiful thing and it will get you through a whole heap of things as well. You know what I mean? But that's what that shows there that you weren't willing to take no for an answer. You know what I'm saying? So no, that's, 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 that's my drive. Remember, going back to the time, my time is precious to me. Mm -hmm. I haven't got time to mess around with people. Yeah. So, you know. Nah, that's wicked, man. That's wicked. So, okay. So if I was to show you this now, Talk to me about that tune. Um, right. Bell Diver Diver Poison. <laughs> I've got to I've got to come with the music as well, you know. It's too tough. <laughs> yeah man, talk to me. Well Poison with a song where I, I can remember uh, it playing it in walls. I think oh I remember I can't remember who dropped it. And it reminded me of the days where breakdancing was in. But that was this was our theme to the challenge. <laughs> this was a this was a because I, I was talking always looking for a theme. What's gonna be the handsome of yeah. that era? And I think Poison, Velvet Devolve was the era. That was the song what you can play. I remember in the hip hop days it was Scandalize my name or something. What is it? Don't, Don't scandalize, scandalize mine. Me. Don't scandalize mine. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my anthem. <laughs> Sugar Bear. Yeah, man. And Sugar Bear. Yeah. That was my anthem. This 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 song was my anthem. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah. Uh, and and that's what I always think in music. We always have to have a anthem. Yeah. Yeah, you know that, man. 13 Rhythm says, super tough. You know that, you know that 13, man. Yeah, Melly yeah. Mel says, this tune to send dance floors in Wolves crazy. You know that. <laughs> there was some running, man. There was some dungarees going on. There was all sorts, mate. It was yeah, nuts. Yeah. 
It was nuts. It was nuts. And it reminds me of like House Party when it first came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Good times, man. Good times. Good times. Yeah, man. So around this time as well, I mean, obviously the promotion thing, you get in further up the food chain now. You know what I mean? You've gone past the, the punter stage. You're yeah. going into further upstream to whereby you're getting access directly with the from the sources, from the from the labels and stuff. What happens yeah, yeah. then? What 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 happens then? I was more about because like now, um, like I said, I use music as a tool. So mm. I, I I did like um, I wanted to. I'm a firm believer we have to do. Laws are not there to change um, to defend you. Laws are there to change. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to change things. You know what I mean? Because I saw talent, and I wanted to embrace embrace them talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what? I, but it's like I said, it's still connected to music. It is the story of my life. Is music is the key. It's the mm. key to everything. I only know music. I don't know nothing else but music. <laughs> yeah, I respect that still. But <laughs> well, you know it well, though. That's it. Yeah. You know I mean? If you know one thing, you know it well, and that's music. That's good. Yeah, so I have to connect everything to music. So yeah. what it was, I started to do, because I was doing a lot of youth work and mentoring and all them kind of things. So um, I started to notice a lot of people with gifts and all them. And people, like I said, it's about changing something. If you're not going to change the film, wouldn't do it. It don't make no sense to me. I always look for the specific aim of, of what the actual thing are going to do. So I always built something around a project. Mm -hmm. So basically what I did, um, I, I was in Stoke then. I started to work in Stoke, doing, I worked with this organisation. And I said, I, 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 said I, want, I don't know, I just said to them, I want to do um, like an X Factor kind of thing. Right. The X Factor was kind of like, well, I knew that was coming because it was the record industry wanted to own, start to own things, you know what I mean? So I knew coming up to that point when I was really getting into money, I wanted to do projects. And I think X Factor was just coming, I think. It was kind of like just, and I didn't like X Factor, mm. as in like, Simon was like the, this evil person, you know what I mean? Like, if he says no, you're finished. You know what I mean? Your career's done, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Um, I know the industry, you can't tell me nothing. If I say yeah, no, yeah. then you ain't going to succeed sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that dude. I, I, did, I did the similar thing in, in Stoke, but I based it around school people, kids. Yeah. And I did it real. I did it for real. You know what I mean? Like, so basically what it was, it was kind of like, I set it up like the X Factor. And then, um, like, you had to go out. We had a judge panel. And you, you had to go out and see. But then I always identified things. So it was basically like, you see all the, the bad boy. I'm a rapper. I'm going to mash it up. I'm going through and all these. And you see the quiet one. And then you sit there and you see the rapper come out. As soon as he hits the mic, he can't drop nothing. Yeah, man. Shaping. He's finished. <laughs> Done. And you're going, 
take your time and silence silence and all them so from that it's kind of like i wanted to develop people you know I me mean? i wanted answers what so we used to ask this first six questions before they go on and then after the after they've been on we take them to a side and ask them um where did it go wrong what mm. happened i got nervous and all these kind of things mm -hmm. i said but that's the industry you're going to be in mm. do you want to be that so it was more like more about creating projects for me that mm. was it music projects mm -hmm. heavy so that's heavy. where i was at that yeah. point and what what when was this what what year was this, this? was 2000 and i think i was in 2000 and um i'm just coming into like um oh where was i 2000 i think it was about 2000 2003 or something like that yeah early 2000s yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so at this time were you still djing or you were you kind of putting that on the back burner and looking more at the promotion side of things i was I was still DJing, but I wasn't trying to, because at that time, I wasn't trying to be in a club. Yeah. I was trying to do, I wouldn't say I was doing festivals. I wanted to, because I was working with the young people, so I was there DJing for them. So it was kind of like I was doing for organizations, like putting on things, you know what I mean? Like putting on events. I was the DJ within that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 you you start learning about budgets and who's going to fund you and all these kind of things and so it was like DJing like at carnivals, different kind of things. You know what I mean? Like for the local carnival, like in Stoke, it was like we used to have this thing in Anley Park. You know what I mean? So mm. you, you, I remember you, that. I remember. Yeah. That. Yeah. You're DJing for like your organization because you're representing them. Yeah. So you I was the guy who, who would bring the talent. I used to mm. find go around in Stoke, setting up the stages and doing all them kind of things, doing all that the industry yeah. side. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I learned a lot about the industry and because of new people in the industry. Mm -hmm. So I could just so I was more on that. So I was still DJing, but I was I was more doing it like I wanted within to do events more. rather than club yeah. kind of thing, yeah. one-off yeah. residencies yeah. type stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna play you another tune now, right? Talk to me about this. Miss Jill Scott. Smile, your peace mentality. Lord, 
We've got some rewinds requested already. <laughs> one, 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 one. So talk to me about this tune, man. Right. Like I said, as I'm going from all the eras and all that, yeah. I needed, I still was find, wanted to find something mm. where I could connect. Like the other music, what we've been playing and all that, I connected to them because, you know what I mean? But I wanted something what is talking about real life, you know what I mean? Like relationships, hardships, and all these kind of things. And Neo Soul, I remember, no, what it was, Jill Scott came over. I heard about Jill Scott because I heard her from like the roots and all them kind of things. But when she, when she came over one night, one day, I think it was a record company, but just, you know, actually going to the concert. But at that level, I wasn't in the crowd. I was working behind the scenes, like mm-hmm. the backstage. I had the opportunity. So it was an opportunity. Jill Scott's concert, which came over in the UK. And it was a different level. It was like, this was my music. Neo Soul was my music. Mm. You know, like I've got on the list as well. D'Angelo and all, you know, you know, it was my music. I said, this is my place. Yeah. This is where I feel comfortable because you have to feel comfortable. You know what I mean? And I knew from there that was it. I said, you know, yeah. all these music, you know, D'Angelo, Jill Scott, you know, the queen of you know, Neo Soul, you know what I mean? Um, Erica and all them kind of people. Mm. That was my, I, I, I even named my company after, you want to know where my name came from? Because mm. Neo to Soul was, it's based around, like, that was the era where, when I started my company, like I say, it was 2000 or something, it was around there. I was always thinking about this as a, this is giving me energy, giving me a different type of energy, mm. you know? So my, I named my, what a, my name after like this kind of music, yeah. it's called Neo to Soul was new energy open to your soul. And I always wanted to find anything around that, what brings energy to your soul. If you know mm. what I mean? I like you that. Know, I like that. New energy. You know, it's kind of like so. it just brings energy. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Mm. It's gonna bring energy to your soul because you you can because if you start to listen to a lot of the neo soul songs, it's all about you know grinding and being broke and all these kind of things. But oh, I understand the broke side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I hear that, so, mate. Yeah, man. So, I know that well. It wasn't like, because you see, a lot of the music where, because I was British, in America, the music what I was listening oh, no, just to... just good night, Leonie. Good night, sis, man. Good Take night. care. Thanks for passing through, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very much. Take yeah. it easy, man. Take it easy. Thanks for coming. Yeah. And um, so what happened, it was like, 
Because it was a lot of the music what we, we listened to, like the swing beat, was Americanized. I wanted something that can connect us, you know, with. I didn't want to just be Americanized, you know what I mean? I wanted. Because I know Jill's gone and all them, but we, we started to have like. You know, like Omar and all them kind of people. Mm. You know what I mean? Because Omar yeah, was man. one of the first kind of neo soul kind of guys. Yeah, when Omar's a. You know what I mean? So Different the connection level, was there. Yeah, man. Yeah. The connection was there. So I didn't want to just be Americanized by. So when when it all everybody started to do, and then we had Flowetry and all them kind of people. Yeah. Show like You understand? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it about about Neo, particularly, that sort of gravi you gravitated to? What is it that resonated with you the most? Is it just the, the, the like the lyrical content, the, the, lyrical the style content, of the music or what, what is it? The style, the, 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 the uh, and probably because when I used to go out, I, I seen PAs, mm. just people singing over tracks. And I said, nah, man. but when I saw Neo Soul, when I went to see some of the Neo Soul, it was live. He's a full band and full yeah. band. Yeah, man. Proper musicians. Proper yeah. musicians. And everybody in there had like their own music. Mm. Like the drummer had their own music. The saxophonist had that. The guitarist had his own album or something like that. So what it was for me, it was more live. And yeah. and, I, and because I was going to America at the same at the time, it was more like it was normal. Mm. Everywhere you go, it's live music, live music, and that—that's how I got into live music. But when, when before that, it was everything was a PA, and you know, you know, you know, it wasn't really like it was just a DJ playing the music and the people singing all the tracks and all yeah. that. But someone when, I, shouts, when I someone shouting on a mic, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was a lot with uh, hip hop. Because I used mm. to go to a lot of V-Pops with my cousin. So it was more... There wasn't live bands. It was just a yeah. DJ in the back and scratching up the song. And yeah. everybody's jumping over. So it was more about live music to me. Yeah. Do you know what, though? It's interesting, though, now, because obviously you've got like, groups like The Roots... Yeah. And like when they when they perform, obviously they've got full live band as well. You know what I mean? And I think a lot more artists try to do that or have done that now with like a full live band because it it, it just feels different. You know what I mean? When you watch that, it just feels different. I mean, with hip hop, you can get obviously you have like the DJ, you have the MC, but there's levels to that as well. There's people who control the mic and you can hear them Chris, and there's people that just shout and make up noise and you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's a different thing, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I understand. How hard do you understand? Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. So this this kind of style of music resonated with you. So then what, what do you do then? What do you do with it? I was like playing this kind of music and, you know, it was like my, my trademark. Mm. You know, Sweet everybody boy. came to me. Oh, can you do me Neo Soul tape or Neo Soul this and Neo this and all that? I had all, you know what I mean? And, and that changed as well because it's kind of like um, I started to move away from the mainstream. Mm. I 
I started to look at artists because I started to look at Neil Soul and look at who's behind them, who who creates this music. So it was like more independent people, you know, yeah. they were established. So um, I, I, I had a chance to go to Atlanta. So um, what it was, I went to Atlanta at this um, indie music soul network. Mm. And um, when I went there, it was like Indira Irie, all these people, loads of people, you know, like Melbourne Moore and all them. There was all on panels and all talking about the industry. And I was going, oh, this is fascinating. You know, what was really happening? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I was on a panel and um, it was all about, it was called Across the Pond. So they all want, all these independent artists wanted to know, they're fascinated with the Britain. Yeah. Because they're used to the UK, I mean, the US <laughs> and all that. But there was independent artists. And then it was all like saying, how do you make it in the UK? And I said, mm. yeah, but you're in the US, you got everything. They said, now nah, we want Europe, we want to come to Europe. Yeah. We want to play here, we want to play there. We're not getting out here. And I said, oh, you're not getting, you're you shine. Because nah, we're not getting no shine here. And I says, right. I says, how can I help you? And they says, well, just get us over there or get us involved and all that. And at that time, the only way I could bring them over is through projects. Mm. Because I didn't have the money to kind of like fly him over and all that and put on the concerts and all that. And because it wasn't well known, no one would book him. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like I said, I had to go the back route. So I went through the education side. So a lot of them, I started to bring them all over. But they, they'll come through the education side. Like, they'll go and talk to kids, work with young girls and all that. You know what I mean? So it was kind of, and that's where I ended up. It was more, more about bringing them over to work with organizations like the YMCA and all that kind of thing, mm. you know, uh, and connected to like industries, you know what I mean? And that's where I, I was, I got to. That's interesting. That, that, that's just, and then again, they, they'd come over, they'd get paid for doing that thing. So obviously that organization would have a budget to do that. Yeah. And then they'd also be able to do a show and get paid for the show too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Because sense. I learned, I learned, I learned, I learned it from the back door entrance, and then, and on top of that, um, because I worked for organisations and all them, I knew. I had contacts. I had loads of contacts. You know, I mean, I, um, you work from top, from the top. So, I was working with universities from the deans. Yeah. So I knew at that time, you meet the deans, they will tell us everything, what's going on. Then you, you have to follow their protocol. So you knew what was on the other side of that computer. Yeah. So you would walk in there and say, oh, we would like to put on a, an event. <laughs> what caters for mm. uh, 66 diverse people. But we already, the deans already told us, so we could do uni- So we started to do universities. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Put on nights like, um, you know, um, jazz poetry and all them different type of things. So right, it's okay. got, you know, like you, because you have to get the education side, like jazz poetry, yeah. and they would help that caters for everybody. Yeah. Jazz was the kind of thing it caters for everybody. You know what I mean? So that's where I was at the time. Yeah. So that's what I used to do, bring them over, they do education things, um, you know, and I, I and what it is, I tied it with a lot of organisations, like I had an artist um, who came over and was working for this, working with me, she was one of my, going to set up, I had to set my own business up now, because now you're dealing with proper people, like the council and all them kind of people. So they want to see invoices and all them kind of things. So yeah. that's how I set up Neo. So I set up Neo. So 2010. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was. 2010, I set it up. And then, um, then I, I got people to come over. You know what I mean? There wasn't big stars, but they came over and did things and did, you know, done talks to the house of, Parliament and all them kind of things, you yeah. know. Like, um, do you know what I mean? That, see, that's doing something like that is good on two fronts because it's good for the the kids or young people that you bring them over to come and see. Yeah. But it's also good for the people. I'm sure it's probably good for the 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 artists themselves as well because they may not have ever come out of America. You know what I mean? And they get that exposure to come and perform in a different country and, like you said, gone to the House of the Parliament to go do different things. I mean, yeah, man, that's a that's a and win-win, thing, man. That's a big and the thing. thing about it, what it was, I started to narrow it down. The the artist who I was working with, there was um, I, they had to have a purpose. Like I said, well, I go back to to change things, to change mm-hmm. things. You know what I mean? They came out. It doesn't matter where you come from. You're here to change something. You know what I mean? To empower somebody else. So I was working with like an organization called The Weight and it was all about, um, you know, helping women out of, um, you know, bad relationships and all that. Mm -hmm. So I had an artist who she written songs about um, no suicide and all them kind of things. So I linked her up with that organization. So you see what I mean? It's like, it's about, I became like a connector more than, you know, connected everything up. And then um, I set it up at CIC in Wolverhampton. Yeah. That's a community interest company. And this will lead us on to the next thing. Well, I can, because I'm, I'm looking at the time and I'm, I need, we might need to talk about what we're going to talk about. So, <laughs> Yo, uh, okay, let, let, let's go there then, man. All let's right, go then, there. so, um, I had a CIC. Yeah. So I got funded by the Arts Council, um, they funded me, had done a massive project, you know, um, so it was kind of really good, helping young kids and all them kind of thing. And um, do you want to lead it off or do you want me to go into it or do you want to... No, please, you, you carry on, man, you're doing a great job. Right. Go for it. So, like I always say, um it changes your journey can change mm-hmm. all right so my purpose at that time was helping young 
people, all right? And look, looking, you know, that was my purpose. That was what I always wanted to do because I had kids at the same time. And I was always fighting against, I don't want to be a stat for this country. So up to that point, uh, you know, I can go back to something we I know, I know you've missed it, but it's kind of like racism, you know. Um, mm. You know, I always said to myself, I didn't come from that background, so I, my mom always used to say to me, treat people how they treat you. Mm -hmm. All right. So I didn't really. Yeah, I got the racism and all them kind of thing. If we want to talk about it, that point, but at the end of the day. I still looked at people and says, right, you know what? I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta get on with things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I gotta do things. My, 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 my thing was not to stay out of jail. <laughs> I don't want to be a stat. So everything I've done, it was always to show other people that I can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So that was my helping young kids was my my passion and my journey and my music using it because I use music as a tool. And what happened was one day now, everything was going well, doing my CIC. Um, I, I can remember I was talking to one of my friends and I said to my friend, um, we get into this certain age and all that, you know what I mean? And I was kind of like thinking to myself, we, 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 we have to look after our health. That's what I was saying. I was just saying it to him. I said, oh, we got to look after our health. You know what I mean? Because you know what? I, I think at that time, um, I was I was just like, just saying to my friend, we should, we should, we, we should talk more often about our lives because we've got kids and all them and how we, we, we need to check ourselves out and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear nothing from him. And then one day he rings me up and he starts saying, yeah, man, remember we were talking to you the other day? Um, I said, yeah. He said, yeah, man, you should check out yourself. And I said, okay. I said, yeah, now you, 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 you now you want to talk. I said, he said, yeah, man. He said, just, now we get into our age, we're 40 something and all them, let's just check out yourself. And I said, okay, that's fine. So we put down the phone. And about seven o'clock at night, my sister rings me. Oh, you need to check out yourself. I was going, huh? <laughs> I said, that's a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, so it's two people saying the same thing. Saying the same thing, check out yourself. And I says, why? Well, you know, you black man don't check nothing like that. And I said, well, you just ring me off. Start cussing me off, telling me about, I don't. Well, you black people, you black men don't want to go to the doctors and all these kind of things. And I said, listen, I was fine. Now I'm not fine. So what's going on? Yeah. I said, my friend rang me early on. So what is it? Checkout day today. I don't, I don't know. And then I just, something in me, I just clicked. And I went. I said, nah, man. And I said, what, what's wrong? And she said, hmm. well, your da dad's got prostate cancer. And I went, oh. I said, well, why ain't you told me? How long has he had it? 
and she was going, never mind, never mind, and all these kind of things. She says, so I rang up my friend. No, what it was, I said, what's going on? She says, oh, well, I saw your friend. So I rang my friend back up and I says, why did you ring me? He says, well, you know, me see your, your dad, and I didn't know he was going to tell, I thought he was going to tell you that you saw me at this place. I said, but you're my friend. I said, you know what? You're, I said, you're both between you two. You waste the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is my life. You know what I mean? Why couldn't you tell me? And my dad, my dad didn't tell me. So I said, you know what? In the morning, I'm going to check myself out. I said, leave you two. You don't want to talk about it. I'm not bothered. Mm. So I went to the so doctor. So neither your dad nor your friend would... So did you know that your friend had gone to get a checkup or anything like that? You, no. Nothing. You didn't know anything about that? Right? What it okay. was, when you go to these doctors, these places... No black people there. So when you see a black man, you go, oh, you get suspicious. You go, <laughs> you're both looking at each other and you're going, so they must have seen each other and they sat down. And then they That's started talking. Right, okay. Yeah. And he must have says, oh, what do you do? And he says, oh, I'm a musician. Oh, you must know my, my, son, my, my son. Oh, what is he? And he said my name. Yeah. And then he went, Shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just thinking if them two never met, this would never happen. Yeah, they'll never have told me. All right, never ever. So I went to the doctors, there's nothing wrong with me, everything was cool, everything. And I said to the doctors, Oh, um, I just found out my dad got this, and I think it runs in our family because I remember him saying when he was younger. Because I never met my granddad. He says, oh, yeah, waterworks. Mm. So, so, I don't know. So, and the doctor said to me, oh, don't worry about it. You ain't got no symptoms. Go away. And I went. That's what the doctor said to you. <laughs> that to me. He right. said, you ain't got no symptoms. So, you mm. ain't got nothing to worry about. And you're not 50 yet. I says, yeah, but what, what's being 50? He said, oh, it's when you're 50, it's not compulsory, but, you know, you should check yourself for, you know, prostate, for your prostate. And I said, what's pro I said, I don't even know what it is. He said, oh, it's a blood test and this and that. But you you ain't got no symptoms. I said, so what do I do? He said, well, you know. I said, oh, do I have to wait till I get it? <laughs> the symptoms. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, you haven't got it. You're 47. You look, you look. I said, look, listen, I ain't even messing around. I said, can you just I need you to do it. And he goes, he's looking at me and I said, I said, I need you to do what you got to do. Yeah. You need to take the blood test. And I'm not asking, I'm telling you, I'm not coming out here to do. And he looked at me and asked, this is, oh, you're going to laugh your head off. No, no. So me thinking, yeah, blood test. Can you listen, blood test. So he takes the thing, he takes the blood test. And then he goes into the back. And I just heard some gloves going on it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I went, what's he doing? And he comes out, he goes, all right, can you go on the couch? I said, what for? He said, well, I'm going to have to check your prostate. 
and that was these what, times you didn't even know where prostate was. No, mm. and it just I just saw this glow, and my that was it. <laughs> it just did it, and then I just says whoa, and I says okay, what's this? And he says, oh no, your prostate's fine. It's it's fine. You know, I mean, it's not raised. And I went, okay. I thought, wow, thank God. He says it's not raised. You know what I mean? Mm. So I went back, and then um, about a, I think it was about three days later. By by raised, you mean inflamed, enlarged? Yeah, yeah. I don't. When they say it's raised, it's in, it's like gone large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He said mine was fine. So I didn't expect him to hear from nothing. And then he came back, I think it was about four days later. He rings me up and I went, my doctor don't ring me. And then he says, oh, I'm just ringing you up, Mr. Fletcher. I think your your PSA is kind of high. Well, not high, it's above what it should be. Yeah. It's six. And I went, okay, what's that mean? He goes, oh, well, we're going to have to... You're gonna to have to um, go to this to have a biopsy. And I said, "What's that?" And he told me what it was. And I said, "Yeah, but you didn't want to check me." Mm-hmm. But now you tell me I, I have to have biopsy. You didn't. You didn't want to. This is Mr. Fletcher. He says, "Let's just keep to the point." And I said, "I said, yeah, but you didn't want." And I was like, "I was, I was upset because I was." Yeah. I was I was upset that he, he would have just left me. Mm. So that's another thing what kind of like said to myself, right, you know what? This is not right. Mm. And then I, I went there, had my biopsy and all that. Even when I was going to have my biopsy, I walked in a place with no black people. I don't know, should I see black people there? But I didn't see no black people. And um, walked in there, and then I went into the biopsy room, and then the woman went, "You, I, I'm so. Um, what now? What was the word she says? Because I was sitting there and I was doing it, like she was doing it, and it was this black woman walked in. She says, and she she was talking to me. And she says, "Oh, she said you all come on." I said. Well, what should it be? <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be. She says, usually, there's if a black guy comes in here, you're scraping him off the wall <laughs> or the ceiling. He said, and you're rare anyway. We don't really see no, a lot of black people. And she says, I'm really proud. I said, proud of what? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is something you should do anyway. That's interesting. That's interesting. Proud. I says, okay, all right. I says, if, if that's what it is, I says, I'm not here to inspire you. <laughs> I've got to have this thing. You know what I mean? It's mm. not comfortable. And you're telling me about, I, I'm inspiring you. <laughs> so, so um, what happened? So I went on, so I had it done. They put me on fast track. Because of my dad. Yeah. So I was on. Because you had family history of it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I think my sister came with me. And I was sitting there and I had to go and see the, the surgeon or the guy. 
they recommended him. He's the best at that that hospital. Mm-hmm. So I go in there, and he's the first thing he said to me. You want to hear the the bad news or the good news? I says, "Well, you need to tell me the bad one first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the feedback sandwich. Don't put you telling me no good news that you're gonna pull me down. Just, mm-hmm. just give me the bad news." He says, "Oh." You've, you've got prostate cancer. And I went, oh, have I? And he said, yeah, but the good news is it's at the early stage. Mm. And I says, okay, so what do you do next? And he says, well, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you need to go and tell the person. No, no, first of all, he says, right, you've got options. Yes. We can take it out. Um, you can have, we can try radiotherapy or whatever, or, or you can. I can't remember. He said something about hormones or something, something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And he turned around to me and he says, um, "But you can go online, and there's all these other things on there, but they're not medically tested." Yeah. So these are the only three I can offer you. Plus there's some other ones, but these are medically tested. So I can go by that. And then he says something to me. And this is what changed me straight. Um, he goes to me, but it's more aggressive than black men. And I went, why? And he looked at me and he went, I don't know. <laughs> and I said, like, I look back and I said to him, you, you don't know. He goes, don't know. It's just aggressive in black men. And then I turn around to him and I says, oh, yeah. You're just a surgeon. You don't need to know, do you? I said, but you know what, mate? I'm going to find out. Mm. And you're going to see me on a poster promoting it. And that's what I said to him. And he went, okay, go away. And if you've got a partner or you've seen or if you you need to let them know, I says, I said, no, I'll make my off. I said, right now, take it out. <laughs> and he went, yeah, but you know, we give you, I said, I don't want to hear nothing. If you say it's in me, get it out. Let's take it out. There's my option. I don't need to go away to think about nothing. It's my choice. Like I've always said, I've been on my own. You know what I mean? I ain't got time. <laughs> Make it now. And he mm. went, okay, what I'll do. If that's your choice, you can do it. So went away. I think it was diagnosed 2015 mm. in September. Um, and what happened? They had a cancellation, and the cancellation. So it happened so quick. So two weeks, I was all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? One minute I'm doing all these projects and all these kind of things. Everything was fine. I was doing really well and all that kind of. Two weeks later, I'm diagnosed. Don't know how. Yeah. You understand what I'm trying to say? Mm. 
So you got kind of you you went into that kind of by the back route because it was something you weren't even aware of. You didn't know where prostate was. It was just because people are asking you. You should get get yourself checked out. You went what for? And you find out from someone else that your dad's got it, and you're like, what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. Uh, that's a. Uh, so they put me on a fast track. So you went, you went quick. It was like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You diagnosed. You set up for your pre-op. Pre-op was funny. The pre-op was is funny. I mean, I learned a lot about pre-op. Right, the pre-op, and you could look at it differently. And um, there was like, when I went from a pre-op, there's three black men. No, there's me and two other black guys. It was a coincidence, (laughs) you know what I mean? We was all gonna have the operation at the same time, (laughs) okay? So the woman walks in, she goes, she looked at us and she said, oh no, this is not a setup. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't know oh, the names, man. like she just looked on the names. But it was a coincidence that there was three black men going uh. to have this operation. So when she walked in, she went, she felt like, she looked back and she went, oh no, don't think it's a setup, but we're, we're separating you from, um, you know, different. She said, it's just a coincidence that you're there. So there was a black guy there. There was a black, another black guy with his wife. And it was just me. Mm. So she was explaining what's going to happen. So she goes, you're never going to have kids after this. So she said it to this guy. And the guy went, his wife says, I love him so much. I don't, I don't feel like it's a problem. Yeah. Mm. So she was supportive. Me, I just said, okay, let's do this. And then there was this black guy going, he said, no, man, what about the girl, man? What about the girl? He was only worried about the women. He said, nah, man, I drink roots. I drink roots. Uh, so I can't, I, it, it will work, it will work. Mm. And she says, no, it doesn't work like that. She says, if you have an operation, it all depends on, where if you have to cut through the nerves, whatever you're drinking, you keep drinking it, but your nerves, there's mm-hmm. no nerves. So so that was that. So I was waiting and then they had a cancellation. So that was September, I got diagnosed. January, I had an operation and it was weird because at that time, like I just said, I had a lot of things going on. So I was supposed to go to Sweden. So I already booked to go to Sweden to, to go to this festival because mm-hmm. um, it was one of connection. And I really never told the guy, but it says, I'm being there. And I never got back to him to tell him because it happened so quick. Yeah. It yeah. Was, and I think Sweden was in March. And I said to myself, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be all right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make it to this. So I had my operation 2016, and this is where it all changed again. I had an operation. My dad's already got it. I didn't see my dad. <laughs> I didn't see no one. I was on my own. 
Mm. All right? Right. So, the only thing what got me through this... Hold on, hold on. Let me stop you, that's all right. Just to make some people here clear, right, what was happening at that point in time was that both you and your dad had prostate cancer at the same time. Is that correct? Yeah. And he never spoke to me. And didn't even talk about it. No, he didn't talk about it because what happened... That is mad. I think he came once, I remember. He came... (laughs) I think I had the operation and he came to my house once. And he, he looked out the window. Remember, he had it. And I'm thinking to myself, is he going to say anything? Yeah. He looked out the window and he went, why? He said, I remember this place. Because I live in a, like an apartment mm. in the middle of town, raw London buildings. You know where that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. He's looking out going, well, you can see walls from here, you know. <laughs> He's just looking out the window. And then he goes, he said, yeah, all right. I said, yeah, man, I'm all right. I'm fine. He says, okay. He says, he is five pounds. <laughs> not, not in a bad way, because he just says, because you can't get out. Here's some money. Yeah. And it was five pounds. And then he just went, and he went. Another thing. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't say nothing. I just thought, that's the way it is, eh? Yeah. Or me. Because my mum always used to say, when I was younger, I don't know if he's in any family, when my dad used to do things and never used to turn, she used to always say to me, him not know better. Mm. And I said, well, he's got to learn. You, you have to let him know. Him don't know better. You know mm. what I mean? I said, well, if you don't make him know better, he will not know better. Mm. And I remember when I was a kid, one time, because my mum was always sick, so I always remember my mom sick more than well. And I remember mom said one day my dad was kind of sick, like, and she said, he said to my mom, my mom said, go on, doctor. You know, the only time me sick is when you get on my nerves. <laughs> but it wasn't because he didn't know no better. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he was evil or not like that. He didn't. He didn't yeah, talk. It's just it's a, a generation so thing as well. Isn't it? It's a generational yeah, it's generation. thing, man. So it go, get on yeah. with it. You know yeah. what I mean. So, what happened? And like I said, I had my operation. Now. I'm on my own now. And see, music is the key. I keep like like what you doing for me right now is is therapy. Music therapy. It's th- it's a therapy. It's a blessing. I look at this as a blessing, what I'm doing right now. Mate, straight back at you, man, because yeah. just hearing this is this is wicked, man. This yeah, is so what happened... Needs to be heard, mate. Because the artists I work with are on purpose. Um, I'm going to have to... I forgot... Oh, no, where did I put it? Oh, I don't know if I did I write it down? Oh, it's in my other room. I don't know where I put it. So basically what it was... They sent me music right, because all I was sitting here, I was just thinking, I got a catheter in my leg. Um, didn't know what I was really doing, and I was thinking to myself, 
what to do. And they sent me music. And it was like my creativity came in. Mm. So they sent me like music. It's got nothing to do with what I'm going through, but I took the words of their songs, not the actual song, just the words, and I lined them all up. And it was like, it was like one song called Addicted to Life. There was another song called Fearless. Another one was Light of the Sun. Another one was called Smile. And I used all them kind of things and embedded it into me. Like I'm fighting for something like fearless. I'm not fearless. Nothing's going to stop me from doing what I'm going to do. I'm addicted to life. I appreciate life. I said to myself, I'm going to keep smiling. I am, you know, love. I said, I'm going to love people. You know what I mean? I'm a good person. I'm a nice person. So I just kept all that to me. That what kept me going because at the end of the day, I didn't have nothing around me at the time. You know what I mean? Like, um, I had good people. I had some good friends. Like a lot of my friends were like, but I've known them for years. Mm. It's not like any any friends. I had friends who rang me up and went, yet. I've just ordered, they didn't go, have you had, do you want me to get some food? They just said, I've just ordered some food for you. It's coming, I've sent it from Tesco's. And I'm going, yeah, but I might not want the food. He says, well, that's it, where? Mm. Eat what you can eat. And said, so I had people like that. Mm. Then I had a guy who I knew, he tried to tell me about, make sure you cleanse your body. So he was giving me health, mm. health tips like, um, Drink this, drink that, do this, eat that. So I had all that with me, you know what I mean? Mm. So, because that's all I had at the time. I remember I said to myself, I set myself a goal. I says, I'm still going to that thing. I ain't let nobody know. And what I did, I think after I had the cafeteria, it's weird because... You know, prayer is a good thing. Whether you believe it or not, but prayer is a, a mm. good thing. And I knelt down on my knees and I says, God, remove the people who ain't for me. You know who they are, just remove them. <laughs> One time, mm. I, can't, I ain't got my boxing gloves to fight them. Just remove them. You'll remove them and you'll make pass for me. And you'll make sure that it's all right. So I said, okay. I left that. I threw that to the universe. Said, what I'm going to do. And before you know it, um, next thing you know, I was a kind of like, I had my catheter out. So it was a new way of learning. So I, I started to, um, still my dad ain't talked to me. This is like three months I in. I can't believe that. That's amazing, that is, man. That's... No, I didn't expect nothing. I didn't really expect mm. nothing. I didn't really. I'm on a different journey now. Remember your journey changes? Yeah. Now I'm on purpose. This is a purpose, something I have to do. It's no longer what I'm, what I'm trying. 
I'm not here to inspire no one. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, it's a job I need to do. Yeah. So what I did, I said, look, Godfrey, you're going to carry on. And at that time, I still had my CIC and I had all the people. And do you know, for all the work I've done and all the people I had, like I said, I was off for six months and no one, none of the people who was on my board who signed up to do this project did nothing. They didn't do nobody nothing. checked you, nobody... They didn't. They supposed to carry on the business and all that kind oh, of right. thing. Oh, right. That's what you mean. Yeah. No one did nothing. So in the end, I just said, lock it off. Mm. <laughs> I just locked it off. You know what I mean? Because I already got the funding. And when I come back, in that space, they supposed to be looking for funding. So I just mm. said, you know what? Shut that down. Time out. Mm. So I just sent them. Even when I'm going through, I just sent a message to them. I said, can you just sign this? I'm closing it down. And that was it. Never seen them again. Some of them, no, I didn't see them again. No, I didn't see them. Some of them, I didn't see them. No, I saw it a bit. But I did, I, that, that chapter was closed. Mm. And in the end, I still went on my, I, I went to Sweden three months in after I had the thing. I still, I was wearing pads. <laughs> it was funny because I got to the airport and then, you know, when they're searching the thing. Oh, they're patting you down. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, it was open up the thing. The man got, he's looking, he's looking, and he saw all these pads in there. He says, and I said to him, yes, I've got pads, man pads. <laughs> and he's laughing at me. And, he, and I told him a bit about what I was going through. He said, you're brave, mate. Yeah. He says, you're good. He says, whatever you're going to do, he says, I don't even know you, mate, but for what you've just told me and what you're doing, he says, you've won already, you've won, you've mm. won. And I said, yeah, man. And I, I went to that place. And do you know, uh, I, I was sitting in the crowd and the guy was like, he didn't know I was there. And he just says, there's somebody who's just gone. And he just said it. He says, um, I'm sitting here, I'm looking in the crowd. There's a guy here, I've been reading on Facebook, he never told me he was suffering from prostate cancer, but he's here. That's unbelievable. He says, and I left on my own, I went there, and I, went, I said, I couldn't let you down. I knew I had to come and do what I gotta do. You know what I mean? Mm. So, have you got anything to say? Or do you want it, me to keep? Me, I got all that. It's just, a, a, it's interesting, like, I saw you post um, the other day on Facebook and that was the first I'd, I'd heard about this. Do you know what I mean? Because like I said, I haven't seen you in ages when I saw you yeah. post it on Facebook. And obviously you've been going through this for years. What, 2016, was it? Yeah. 2016? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's interesting because... Like in my nine to five, my line of work, what I do is I I plan the treatments for radiotherapy. So I'm planning cancer treatments. You know what I mean? That's what I do. So things like prostate cancer, breast cancer, things I see every day. You know what I mean? So it was it's 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 interesting and good for to you to come on here and talk that talk because just like you say, 
it's it's something that men in general don't talk about enough but black men particularly and like you're saying black men it's more prevalent in black men like i think it's something like one in four men will get prostate yeah. cancer but it's like it's like one or two in four men black men will get it do you know what i mean it's like a 50 one in chance four but if you got it in your family it's mm. one in two and a half one in two and a half now yeah so it like saying now if there's 10 men five you're gonna get it yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, I know it's it's twice as prevalent. It's twice as yeah. prevalent in in black men than it is in any other race. And the thing about it as well, when um, I was I, I got to be um, like into like prostate cancer was is because um, when I was going through my my catheter aftercare, no aftercare. Hmm. I don't see no aftercare. I didn't see no aftercare. And that was another thing. What, Like I said, if I'm going to do it, I have to make a change. Mm. Because the aftercare was like, oh, I rang them up. It goes into answer machine. So what happened? I was going through something. I can't. I, I think I, I was having a spasm. I, I didn't understand it. Mm. So I went on Prostate Cancer UK chat line and I said ah, these things don't work you know when you tap it's a little go it's like automate and I thought yeah so I go I go in there and I was typing away now and I was going oh I'm going through this how can I get this and then this person answered me back I went oh it does work <laughs> and then I started to say oh I'm going through this and I was typing it she says oh it's just a spasm because you 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 bladder and your um catheter are fighting against each other because he doesn't know what to do. Right, right. Because your blood is healing, but it's supposed to go down this tube mm. through the catheter, but the catheter is like kind of winning. It's, got, it's kind of saying, top your eyes. <laughs> it's going down here. So you're mm. having a spasm like the fighting against. She mm. says, what you do, you just, it's going to be painful. You're just going to have to let it happen. So I just had to sit there and let it just happen because you've you got no control. Just ride it out. And then and then I was talking and I was just saying to them. And she just said, um and I said to her, I said, um, I said, can I ask you this question? I said, is it normal that if you've got a dad and um he doesn't talk about it and we both got it at the same time? And the woman said the same thing, she went, Wow. That's what, what I'm she saying, just man. said, That's wow, she just said, craziness that is. That is crazy. He hasn't said nothing. I said, no. I said, and I just said, oh, well, that's in the black community. We don't talk about health. And then she went, oh, you, because she didn't know what race it was. She just said, oh, you're from the black, I mean, you're, you are um, a black person. I said, yeah, oh. yeah. She says, right, we're doing this project prostate cancer mm. um it's coming up in the next couple of months would you like to do your talk and i just said of course why wouldn't i want to talk mm. she said all right then i'll set you up and then they got in contact with me and they did this project it was called stronger knowing more 
and it was with like celebrities like um with david Hayes, linford christie mm. um viv anderson was um uh, zephaniah what's his name um, benjamin v- zephaniah. zephaniah yeah um there was an mp so what we was we were on these big massive posters and they went and took photos so one of the photos was me they used me as the dj because they're saying like dj's like an ego it's mm. an ego thing so they're gonna like there's a big massive poster with me with my headphones on and um i had to do it in the studio and all that so they used that as the article uh and um we've done this thing for a year so it was going around, it was on banners all around. And what it was, what changed the thing as well, a lot of my friends, when they saw me on the poster, even though it's kind of like, because I was doing like, I'm not really too much into the celebrity kind of thing, it's celebrities, you know what I mean? I just look at people as people, you know what I mean? So we was at this event and we had everybody there, footballers, everybody there, and I had to do my talk on there, but it was just coming from my heart, you know what I mean? I just said what it said, you know what I mean? And I, do, I was doing loads of talks and done all these, doing every, I've been doing, I must have, I've done loads of talks and all them kind of things, but I just tell my story. Mm. And the thing about it as well, on top of it, in between all that, my dad never spoke. <laughs> he still didn't, he didn't, he knew I was doing it, but he never spoke. Yeah. But I'm not. I got to the stage, as I said, that it's just our community. We don't talk, so mm. I, I ain't got the time. Do you so, know what though? Do you know what? I think it's partially. It's it's definitely a big percentage that our community we don't talk about illness in general, but definitely yeah. men don't talk about men issues. Do you know what I mean? Women yeah, talk yeah. about all sorts. You can't stop women from talking. You know what I mean about everything. Do you know what I mean? They, yeah, but, they get it out uh, in the open. The talk. The but talk you've got to understand with prostate cancer. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, what's the, what is it? It's not compulsory. You what, see, the, breast the screening. Cancer, it's well, not compulsory. It, they don't. They don't contact you and say, "Oh well, you, you're coming up to fifty, Blah blah blah. Okay, they're not. They don't. But with breast cancer and all these kind of things, they fought for it. Mm. They ain't waiting for nobody. Mm. I think women are the best sellers. They know how to sell to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Men don't. Men, men, yeah. men will always think if a woman come up to him and says, "Oh, can we sell you this?" You can't sell to me, and they'll walk on. Yeah. But a woman will go over to another woman and go, "Oh, what are you doing? What are you selling? Oh, oh, you're having a party? Blah blah blah." So that they'll go on walks. They've been walking for centuries. Mm. for breast cancer and all that. Men have only just started to do them walks over the last 10, 15 years. Mm. So um, so I've done a lot of football events, like I've done Aston Villa where I had to talk. But you see, when I'm doing the talk, um, I'm talking to change something. I'm not mm. talking to inspire people. I'm, I'm talking to... I want to make that change. I want, yeah. I want people to talk. So, um, so a lot of the women. So I, I, I target the men. I go, 
I say to the woman, and a lot of the women come forward and go, what can we do to get into the hospital? Because I said, take away any things, man. Take away any things. <laughs> <laughs> I said, take you away. Don't give him nothing. Yeah, man, Russians, you know, um, um, the women are telling me that the lock, lock it off. <laughs> so I get that, and then I got man who's going. Why did you say that? Why do you talk that way? Why, why you mash up my runnings and things? And I just go, I ain't mashing up nothing, mate. I said, go to the doctor. Did you get right. it back? There's other things to mash up your runnings worse, mate. You know what I mean? I said, so I'm just doing my. I'm just talking my talk. Yeah. Like I said, there's a saying. My truth is your lies. All right. Hmm. So at the end of the day. If you don't want to talk about it, I'm sorry. I have to talk my talk because mm. where I am, I'm on purpose. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm. It has to be done. It's natural to me to say what I'm saying. Mm. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. I'm just saying what I want. And fast forward on. So I've done all them kind of things, what I'm doing. And I remember, and this is this is going to be, the one okay this is the one i said to myself well if he won't come to me i'll have to go to him is this your dad this is your dad yeah. now yeah all right okay yeah. so it's not clear so the one because he got married again so because i lost my mom in 2010 and mm. he got married again so i wasn't really knew much about is that the time going out now? What's that? Oh, just looking at your time. Um, right, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it. Hold on, let me just stand up. <laughs> no, well, your legs are... Mate, I'm standing up now. I've been standing up for uh, two and a half hours, brethren. Sorry. What do you want, stretch leg? What do you mean? No, it's not stretching the leg. The thing's falling down. Like, I'm still on this, this, this um, setty kind of thing. All oh, right, so, okay. What it is, um, I wasn't stretching my legs. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, nothing's falling down. What it was, um, I contacted the woman and I said to her, I said, look, because my dad was bad now. Mm. He was getting to the stage where he was really, that was it. So did he have no, he didn't have any treatment at all? He didn't have any treatment? He couldn't because his options, what it was, when he came and seen me, when I said he came to my house, yeah. he had it then, but he was walking. And he, because he had radiotherapy, I think he had radiotherapy or something like that. Radiotherapy. And he, mm -hmm. and he got his, his PSA down, so his mm -hmm. PSA was down. So he thought, oh, I'm all right, no, because he mm -hmm. got it down to 0 0.01 or something like mm -hmm. that. Or two, yeah. And they was they were satisfied with that because I think he got it down. Mm. And I think because this is all I hear. I don't know if it's the full accurate thing, but it's only what I heard. And what it was, I think it was his birthday. He was coming up. He was coming up to his. I think he was probably August, September, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um. He had a pain on him. He started to feel pain. You understand? Mm -hmm. 
But he thought he was like, like, like half right. It's like his hip and his shoulder. Uh, yeah. Was it bone mitts? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So he had a bone trans. Um, yeah, he had a scan, mm. and they said, "Oh, it's in your bones." And yeah, his PSA yeah, went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought to myself, right, I didn't understand that. So I remember saying, well, I'm going to come and see my dad. Because he said he was like, he can't walk. Let me put his foot down. He's kind of burning him. Mm. So I went and seen him. And I remember the day the woman turned around to me and she says, I'm glad you've come. Why? She said, because he keeps looking at the phone. And he goes, why hasn't he called me? Mm. And, I, and I was like, really? My dad said that? Because <laughs> I've never heard my dad in my life say that. You know mm. what I mean? And she's and he even now. Me never said that. <laughs> he was still like adamant. He wouldn't yeah. admit to me. He didn't even go. Not showing any emotion. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I said, okay, then don't worry about it. Leave it with me. So I was in the room with him. And this is this is like a moment with me and my dad. And he's putting on his shoes. And it's hot in him. Because his feet are swollen. And he's going, ah, ah. Like he's in pain. I said, do you need any help, Dad? And he turns around to me and goes, you look like me need any help. I thought, God, you're still the same. So I said, let me sit back. And he's going, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. I was going, okay, make you feel the pain. But I, I wasn't in a bad way. Mm. And then he looked at me and he went, he says, can't you see I'm in pain? And I said, you know what, Dad? It's time for you to sit down, rest your skin, lie back. Because your time's coming. And then he turned around to me, and this was the first time. And I see the look in the eyes. He'll stay with me forever. He looked at me in a way. And he says, you look all right, you know. But the look was like, I'm dying, you're living. Mm. And then he turned around to me and he says, look, it's a bad disease, you know. He says, bad. He said, you need to tell the world. Go and tell the world. Tell it what it is. Make sure that everyone knows about this, this disease. And I says, Dad, I've been doing it already. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. It's bad. Mm. It's horrible. So he must have acknowledged it then to the fullest. Yeah. And then yeah. from that day, I said to myself, right, next level. I'm, you know, I'm going to try to not just be on posters and all that kind of thing. I want to change their policies. Mm. I want to try to change things. So from... I think it was last time in the lockdown, um, I was chosen out of 10 people in England where we had to talk about, you know, when we got diagnosed. 
Mm. What was our experience and what what do you think needs to be changed? Because that's the only time when people came out, like the top people come out. You know, like your patients, represented. Your patient to be, advocates and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and all the... Because they work for NH England and all mm. them kind of things. They mm. have to go and talk to a board. So mm. they have to... They needed answers. Yeah. So I... I just told them straight. I said, so I got a report because I always think we have to do reports to get it out. Mm. We have to have the evidence. We have to create our own evidence. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and then if you want answers, you got to go, you create your evidence, go out there and create the evidence. That's why we need to talk. And at the moment, I, I work, I work with the like, well, I don't work with them. I've got 30 guys who ring, who text me their process. Mm. So every time they go to like um, radiotherapy or whatever, or whatever, they tell me the stages. So I'm kind of like helping them to yeah. go through it. So that's where I'm at now. Uh, and that's where I got approached by the mirror. And then that's when I've done the article. Yeah. Because there was having a, um, a black health thing, and it was tied in with, um, I think, Prostate Cancer UK was doing a, um, a thing on BBC. So I think it was that health day. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I am now. So that's where I'm at. Nah, mate, amazing, man. And, yeah, I mean, it's 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 powerful story, and it's 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 reality, man. Yeah, you know I mean, like I said, like I've I've worked with cancer for twenty eight years now, and like you, what you're saying there, as soon as you said about your dad feeling the pain, I knew what that was. You know what I mean? The kind of the kind of chain of spread of prostate cancer is like it's inside the prostate, which is like a imagine it's like a squash ball. Yeah. But then if it gets out of there, because the blood flow and lymph nodes and lymph glands and the lymphatic system goes all over the body you can get little bits of the cancer cells go wherever and when it gets into the bone then it's yeah it's it's rough man you know what i mean that's where you get real pain and you can spread to other places you know he, I mean? the thing about him i don't know how it was it was kind of like when they identified it at the end they said that he was in his spine mm, mm. and they couldn't operate on him yeah because they're saying that it's too, it's, it's in his system now, it's in his nervous system now. Yeah, you just end up chasing it around, yeah. Yeah, and so they just says, that was it. But he didn't really want to know, but that's it. Yeah. And then that's how he, he, I think he died in 2018. Sorry to hear, man. Sorry I know, but it was one of them. Yeah. So, that's my story. <laughs> but it's all connected. Like I said, it's still based around music is my therapy. Mm -hmm. That helped me through it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. More than anything else, music was the key. So where I'm at, I'm looking at music as my next venture is using music as a therapy. Yeah. Mate, I, I know over the the last two years with this pandemic nonsense, I know media, music has been a therapy to most people. You know what I mean? Even though 
I've said it multiple times, but even though the artists are the people that probably got hit the hardest, you know what I mean? People who yeah. create music or play music or do whatever, those are the people who got licked the hardest during this pandemic because all those places got shut. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, but we realised that without it, life's hard, man. You know what I mean? It's not living, it's existing. So it is, it, it is definitely. And it's, it's over the last two years, I definitely got a bigger love and rekindled love about music and film and just enjoying that. And time as well, like you said, time, how important time is. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it's, it, it's, it's serious, man. And I think like your story um about sharing your story the fact that you're going out there and sharing the information that you've learned what you've learned and passing that on to other people you know what i mean if people can hear this podcast or tell a friend to tell a friend you know what i mean it, it's your story or look up your story on in the in the mirror or whatever i'll make sure if you if you send me those links again i'll make sure it's in the youtube video in the the comments and stuff where people can go and look it up look it up yeah i'll send you the, i'll send you the thing because yeah, i'll make sure i'll put those under there so people can lick, lick on those and go to those things yeah because even now since i've done that mirror um i've got so many interviews now to do uh, people want to talk about it now. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. Everybody wants to saying, "Well, Godfrey, can you do a talk? Um, can you do a talk here for the black?" Like, I've just got somebody who hit me up. They're doing a conference in Birmingham. Um, the million is it the million? The black man was it the million men or something like that? Million something to do with black black million men or something like that. Right, I'm not sure about that, man. I'm not heard about that. Well, it's a it's just like it's a conference about, you know, I think they help like all the next youths what coming up now, mm, mm. and it's just for all. I don't know nothing about it. I've, I've never. My sister told me I, I had to send my number there, and then there's about about four people who want me to do a talk at their conferences and all them kind of yeah. things. So. For me, it's just you'd be surprised, and it, and I've noticed with like since the mirrors come in there, when you put my name in Godfrey prostate cancer or Godfrey, they've used the strap line as son devastated about because um, man's at the same dad never spoke. Yeah, and then it's, people. That's the madness, man. That is madness. Yeah, because if you type it, the title is "Son Heard About His Dad" at the same had, had prostate cancer at the same time. So you, mm. you type it, you put my name in there, and then a lot of people now have added it to their blog. Yeah. So when you search it in, it's on their blog, mm. and then some people have took it and rewritten it and put it into their. They're kind of like, you know, like their work, what they're doing, what they're mm. trying to change, and have used my story to, yeah. to, to implement it. Yeah. You know what I mean? For for me, for me, the powerful thing is, and the thing that I I agree with you is is putting the knowledge out there. One big thing for me, from a takeaway from me, from what you said, 
right? And to pass on to the people that are still here listening and anyone that's going to listen to this afterwards, right? Would be to not take no for an answer. You know what I mean? I've worked in healthcare for a long time and just because a guy's got a white coat doesn't mean they've got all the answers. I guarantee you that, right? If Godfrey hadn't said, listen, I want that test now. I don't care what he's at. This is what I want the test, right? You you wouldn't have known, would you? No, you doctor had said, you don't really need to, blah, 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 blah. And most people would have gone, okay, and gone away. Yeah, because it, what, the, what the trouble is in all the work I've been doing, once you get a man in the room and you tell him, you're never getting it. You tell him he can go. He ain't coming back. No, no. You're not getting him back in that room, you know. That's yeah. why I, 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 um, see, my dad had to do the I same, do the same thing. thing. Yeah. You're getting a lot of love yeah. here, bro. Thank you. That's good, man. Yeah, man. And, from, you know, from, and what, what I'm trying to do, I was doing it before the pandemic hit me. I, I, I had prostate cancer because I'm an ambassador for Prostate Cancer UK. Mm-hmm. So I do their work for them. And what it was, uh, um, I was going to do a night in Wolves. I already had, because um, my son works for the um, Wolves Foundation. Mm. Yeah. I had, I was going to book the Wolves out and have live music, jazz, but it was I've set this thing up called, it's called Neo to Jazz, and it, it's based around prostate cancer. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I was doing that, and then the pandemic hit me. So yeah. I've, I've got to work with that now. I've got to work back on it now, because it was like a, it was um, a, it was like, what I was going to do, ask people to name us old school songs, um, and then we, we get a band, hire a band, and then um, what we'll do, they get them to play them. I really got, I had one of my friends, she said she would sing the songs. She's a neo soul artist from my good friend. And then she'll sing all the classics. Mm-hmm. You know, like of what songs you, you would hear in jazz. Mm-hmm. And she would get a jazz band. And then we'll talk about prostate cancer, but we'll have like a, a thing at the start. Yeah. And we love comedy because I'm working with this guy who who, who is um he knows all the comedians mm-hmm. and he would do like a a sketch. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like you know, and I was and I was gonna get sponsors. I was gonna get the sponsor from the Prostate Cancer UK. So well, yo, if you pull if 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 that is going ahead, man, make sure you hit me up on Facebook, man. We'll get that'll be wicked. No, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm going to do wicked. it. It's just, it's just I've got to find out what, you know, because it takes Weird planning. So I like yeah, to plan. Yeah, it does, man. Yeah, man. I don't like to say, oh, I'm going to put on a dance next week. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you know some of these black people, black people that go, there's an Oricon? All right, why? We'll put on a dance next week for the Oricon. Yeah, man, yeah. And then I'll have a dance, and then I'll just go and photocopy or put, a, put, put, put one. Nah, man, I plan. Yeah. I'll make sure that it's like six months. If yeah, you it like, I'm going to plan. Yeah. It's going to be done in like September. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not going to like, well, I need a riz, you know, maybe just go. Yeah, same day. 
<laughs> same day. Same day. You know what I mean? Same day. Phone with some man. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Same right. I'm going to let you go because. Yo, mate. Yeah, man. Yo, listen. Godfrey, big up for passing through, man. It's been yeah, wicked. Man. It's been wicked, man. I don't know. Yeah, man. Big up, man. Big up for sharing your stories, fam. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been beautiful, mate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People, enough love for passing through. This has Thank been you. Source of the Force. I'm my, my wicked guest, Godfrey Fletcher. All right. You know what I'm saying? This is this has been this has been an informative one, and the the, the take home from me is, you know what I mean? Never never say no, man. Just just if you think there's something you need to have done or tested or checked, get that checked. You know what I mean? Doctors don't do not know everything. It's general practitioners, meaning in general, they're not specialists. So therefore, if you feel that you need something checked, man, get that checked, man. Push for it. Push for it. Yeah. Be educated, be knowledgeable about it. Can I say something? Yes, sir. Big up to all the women who pushes their man. Most definitely. Okay. Big up. Any more passing comments, mate? Godfrey? No, no, no. No, you done. I'm done now. I'm done. All right, people, people, enough love. Thank I will you. catch you real soon. Thank you for passing through. It's been a long one, man, but it's been an interesting one. You know what I'm saying? Okay, then. So, people, you, yo, you, you hang on there, Godfrey, man. All right, people, I'll see you later. All Peace. Right. Peace.